This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omakase it is episode number 110 and this week i am very pleased to be joined by a returning guest mr thomas fishbeck voices of wrestling contributor hi thomas how you doing doing pretty good john uh it took me like five tries i think but i finally got a uh critically acclaimed episode of omakase last time so we'll see if i can uh follow that up here what was your last time with Kaze? Was, uh, we had the Peter Pan review. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's okay. That's great. Peter Pan was a good time. Right, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk some DET here, but it'll be at the end of the episode. So yep. it's like I can count on the DET fans to listen all the way to the end. Whereas like, if I try to front load the DET, I'm worried the more casual fans will just turn off, turn it off immediately. So I yeah. have to like stagger it. Um, what have you been up to, though, since last time you've been on? I feel like you're a regular now. I can ask you that question. Yeah, um, nothing much. I've been watching a lot of college football. Um, big college football fan. Had a tough day yesterday uh, in the uh, my bookie, but no, no, no. Not, don't mention them. I they're mean, not, uh, they're not paying us. They're not paying okay? us. Oh. They're paying every other fucking podcast. But not, they're not oh, paying wow. us. Don't yeah. mention no. I'm gonna edit that. I'm about to edit that off the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'll leave it on, and then they can come, hopefully they can come and give me some coin next time. Yeah, so, so I was on the I was on the competitor Bovada <laughs> instead good, <laughs> at good. a protest. No, um, but yeah, it was a it was a fun time yesterday uh, watching college football. Some people in the Slack as well. Um, so yeah, that's mostly what I've been up to. Uh, yeah, you know, I've learned what what us and the super the super J cast have learned together is that. The podcast sponsors of the world apparently take up take off after Kerwin White, which is like if your wrestling's not white, it's not right apparently because they don't want to advertise on the Pure Only podcast. It's fine, I guess it's fine, but until they pay, uh, I would like to specifically say my bookie should not be used. That's right. what I'm say to that. I think I would uh, give a strong thumbs up to uh, all the my bookie can have. <laughs> yeah. Only, only use other whatever the fuck. I don't even know what people gamble on anymore. It's been so long since I've done online gambling. But yeah, no, uh, we won't, we won't, uh, we won't officially name any others. Just, just yeah. to keep the string of hope for the future relationship intact. Yeah. Google, just Google online gambling, and you can find. I'm sure yeah. you'll find many, many places. 
just to get that fixed. We have legal gambling now in New Jersey, not in New York yet. Yep. But there's like there's like sports gambling. So if I really wanted to, I could go to. I think I don't even think I have to go to Link City. I think you could do it on. Yep. On like a mobile app or something. Yeah. I, which have... I haven't really. I haven't really fucked with that yet. I don't want to get involved. It's in... it's a lot. It's a lot easier. I have family in New Jersey, so whenever I I visit them, I also happen to uh, maybe hop on the mobile app a little bit, um, just for ease of access. But yeah, I have I have too many like trips planned for next year. I can't be gambling. Yeah, like, uh, I have. I'm somehow doing. I'm trying to figure out a way to do Mania weekend. Uh, my girlfriend wants to do Italy. Oh. Anime Expo, and then I'm probably going to do like a short one week Japan trip to go to the because there's it's very rumored, it's heavily rumored. That Meltzer reported this that the G1 is going to be in the fall next year because of the Olympics, which would be like amazing. I have to say, I know I always say this to everybody listening, but trust me, if you can make it to Japan next fall, you want to do it because going to the last three nights of the G1 is amazing. And the only thing that sucks about it is the fucking weather. Like, it's 95 degrees with, like, 90% humidity. It's going to be later and, now. Well, yeah, I'm saying. So usually yeah. every other year you have to, like, go get through all this fucking, you know, like basically go to the tropics to, to spend the last three nights of the G1. And here, you know, whether it's September or October, the weather will be a million times better. So you can attend the G1 final. It could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to attend a G1 final without melting. Like I melted <laughs> in 2017. So now, I highly recommend it if you can make it work. Now you said that you didn't, were you not one of the people that bet on the, on the G1 in the, in the slack? I, I, oh yes, I was, but I don't know if that counts. I did, okay. I did bet on Nitro to win the G1. Okay. So my clown <laughs> We had uh, a lot of people in the slack bet and I specifically avoided any bets on Nitro. And I think I was the only one to actually make a profit off of it because I was like, I'm not trusting no matter what it, no matter where it's going. I'm not trusting Gato. I mean, even if it's a lock, I mean, I would not bet on Naito. So look, that paid look off. this time, this time, Wrestle Kingdom, baby, double champion Naito is definitely happening. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's got to get back on. Yeah. Let's thing. just say my money will not be on that. Even though I think <laughs> it will happen. I, would not risk my money on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to be making any more. <laughs> Look, I lose a ton of money. I put yeah, like, yeah. I put like a hundred dollars on it. I mean, whatever. Yeah. But, but like, I think other people. Robin from the Robin Reed from the Red Reds Roundtable may have put more money on it. Yeah. More money on stuff, and I feel bad for him. But I, I also don't feel bad for him because that guy seems like he's got plenty of money. Yeah, so. he's like a he's literally a professional gambler. He's, I'm pretty he's sure. A, he's a lord. He's a British lord. Right. He has, yes. He has like a entire <laughs> plot of land where like commoners have to like tend to the land for him. That's that's what he is in my mind, at least. I don't know. If yeah, right. he literally he casually yeah. casually dropped into the Slack and said, "Yeah, I was chatting with one of the members of the House of Lords yesterday." And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's a, he, Brit, Britain still has feudalism. I think yeah. we all know that. Yeah. So. He's one of the rewards, um, but no, the so what have you, that's what you've been up to. I don't know what I've been up to. I've yeah. been up to nothing. nothing. I guess, <laughs> I guess I've been. You know what I've been doing lately? Lately, I've been watching. Uh, I don't know why I got this bug. I guess because I just finished the anime. I've been watching Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the the Sailor Moon live action. Which, if you've never seen it, it's like basically imagine like the you know how Power Rangers is basically a Japanese show. 
they mm-hmm. recut into an American show. Like imagine the Japanese show for Power Rangers, which is called Super Sentai, but it's Sailor Moon. That's pretty much Sailor Moon live action, and it's amazing. And I highly recommend everybody watch it. <laughs> like the cat, it's from like I think like two thousand three or something. It's from a while ago now, but like to give you an an example of what we're dealing with here, Luna and Artemis, the two cats, they're actually like, like just stuffed plushies. Like they just sit there in, 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 in a place. live action. Okay, that's, in a live action. That sounds and, great. And, and voices just come out of them. And then occasionally the plushies, the, the like the scene will cut, and like the, the plushie will have its eyes drawn to look sad when <laughs> when the, the cat's supposed to be sad. It is amazing. So I highly recommend everybody watch some uh, <laughs> pretty guardian, good. pretty guardian Sailor Moon. I don't know what else I've been doing. I guess I've been sitting around waiting. I'm in my between trips or whatever. Pretty much all I ever do is, you know, wait around for my next trip. But Fighting Spirit Unleashed is coming up. That'll be my next mm. big, like, yeah, the end of September. Um, I don't really got a lot of plans for the rest of the year. I spent all my money this year <laughs> <laughs> on all this shit. So just waiting around for 2020. Waiting around for 2020, yeah. Waiting around for 20. Hopefully the Earth lasts that long. <laughs> Um, but let's talk about some wrestling. Let's start with All uh, Japan. Yeah. That is why we were here. Forgot about that. that is why yeah. we're here. All Japan Pro Wrestling is the first thing we're going to talk about. They had their big show on September 3rd, Summer Explosion, I believe night 13 in Corken Hall. Uh, did a little bit of a disappointing number, uh, 1,313. Any thoughts on why that might be? Is it just a weekday kind of thing? I mean, yeah, I would I would probably push back a little bit on the disappointing number um just because like so the kento defenses in cork and i don't have the average pulled up uh in front of me but i believe not counting this show but like beforehand it was high 1500s maybe i want to say yeah. um and so this was on a tuesday versus most of them have been on weekends and it was the first repeat defense of the rain and so for a tuesday and a first repeat defense it was like probably like 20 percent down from what the previous Nomura Kenta match did. And I don't think that's, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Obviously you don't want that to happen if you're all Japan, but I don't think it would be surprising. Uh, that's mm. at least my read on it. Uh, unfortunately, Hellboy was not a major draw. Oh, that is unfortunate. Um, here's my thing with all Japan. This is where, this is where we, you've, you probably noticed if you've been listening to this show that we haven't talked a lot about them of late. Um, we're going to talk more about them coming up because you know in addition to this show the the odo tournament is coming up which um you know that's that's a tournament that's always interesting to me as a single elimination you know basically the version of the new japan cup um so you know i'm I'm a mark for tournaments so i'm into that and you know we'll be talking about that over the next couple episodes but as far as like why i haven't talked a ton about them since the champion carnival i just haven't been that interested in their booking like basically, my thing with All Japan is I can always turn tune into one of their shows, and you always know you're going to get like a you know probably a really good main event. You know, if you're lucky and it's a tag title on the same show as Triple Crown, like this one is, probably a really good semifinal too. And then the undercard is just going to kind of you know be there basically. Although this one really wasn't that bad. I've definitely seen worse All Japan undercards, oh, yeah. but they're not. They're never like super interesting either. And I guess my only my personal preference on, you know, what I like from a wrestling promotion is I do like I guess more balanced cards, even when like 
you know, even sometimes New Japan can get a little boring to me in that regard, where, like, the undercards can be very boring sometimes unless you're talking about a bigger show. Whereas, like, DDT is more my jam, where it's, like, you have a much more balanced card from start to finish. And all, in New Japan, you know, you just have so many events that there's, like, so much to keep up with, and, you know, the roster's so big that that can make up for the, you know, some of the more boring undercards. All Japan just kind of feels like, you know there's guys and they're in their spot and you know they don't really move up or down and you know the main event scene has felt very stagnant to me this year in a way that like it hasn't in past years and maybe that's a big part of that is like jake lee you know expecting the big push from him and it's just never really coming that's been very like a disappointment to me and you can argue that you know nomura makes up for that and to a degree he does you know the problem is here obviously he failed to break through here which I think, you know, would have probably gotten me a little more excited about All Japan again. And, you know, it just kind of feels like we're on a, a bit of a holding pattern here, you know, whether it's waiting for Kento to break Kawada's record. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's not a bad place to be because obviously Kento is still, like, one of the greatest rushers in the world. But I would like to see a little more movement, I guess, is my thing, and, like, a little more... Um, you know, like some more elevation in the booking and some more people, you know, up there feeling like they can at least right now it feels like it, this promotion is Kento and then like everyone else. And that's fine to a degree because he's your ace, but I just don't see it doesn't feel like there's anyone who can realistically beat him. And like to me, it, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Noah during like Ken Kobashi's reign. Like if the, the the really famous one from like two thousand three two thousand five, which just felt like no one could beat Kobashi. You know, the only person who felt like re- even realistic was maybe Masawa, and Masawa, you know, just was not getting another shot because at that point they didn't do repeat shots really, and Kobashi had beaten Masawa in the first place. So it just it never felt like that much was going to happen. I I guess and it didn't feel like anyone else on the roster could, could realistically beat Kobashi, and that reign ended with Kobashi losing to. Uh, you know, a guy you never would have guessed, but that guy you never would have guessed had a terrible reign after that. And, you know, that reign kind of killed his career. So, you know, talking about Takashi Rikio. So that, I feel like there's a parallel there. And, you know, where it just feels like when one guy is on like such a different level from the rest of the roster, and it feels like no one else is being built up to beat him, you know, I could see that being ending in disaster for the next guy who does eventually, because someone has to beat him eventually, obviously. Right. Now, maybe it'll be Nomura, and maybe it'll feel natural on his third challenge, but, you know, right now, it did like, it didn't feel like he was the guy who was going to beat Kendo in that match, and maybe that's because I, w- I was also spoiled, but you know, it just never felt like watching that match, like, you know, oh, this is the guy who's going to beat Kendo. And now, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I definitely agree with the with the bulk of what you're saying. I think one thing that All Japan, I think, would probably be helped by is just running fewer big shows because um, you've seen the Corkin numbers have been on a slight downward trend over the course of this year. I think part of that is they've ran Corkin like 12 times this year, and for a promotion with like, I don't know exactly, but I think they probably have like 17 actually signed guys on their roster. That's a lot of times to be running Corkin. And you've also got their Eddie and two shows and they ran Yokohama earlier this year. And I just, I think they could be uh, helped by spacing things out a little bit more. Uh, 
And I realized that, I mean, maybe from a business perspective, it must be working because they're still running Corkin, um, you know, more often than I would expect them to. Um, so they must not be losing money on it. But it just, it's that's really contributed to the stagnation, I think, of that everything just feels like we've already seen it. I mean, and the matches are good. I mean, but the entire card is just always the same. You've got... You know, your standard young guys match at the bottom, and then you've got the Akiyama and Fuchi match, and then you've got some random tag and some random tag and maybe a junior match and then a tag match with guys that are overexposed and then a main event that's going to be tremendous, but with two guys that you've probably already seen wrestle two or three times. Or in, like, Shuji Ishikawa's case, I feel like him and Kento have wrestled, like, seven times. Um, and the, the matches, like you said, are always good, but I, I don't really know what the way around it is without just bringing new guys into the roster because uh, maybe if you pushed Kanto, or I should, excuse me, no more to the top, it could be fixed a little bit. Uh, but you're going to be in the same cycle in a year just because there hasn't been that new injection of talent at the top that we've seen in promotions like all over Japan, like with Kaito and Noah or... You've got guys like Shingo and Osprey in New Japan. I mean, new people at the top that keep things feeling fresh. Like, I'm not sure that even changing who is the actual champion is going to fix things because it's still the same, you know, 10 guys in the main event scene. See, I disagree a little bit with you there because I think, like, watching that main event, it felt like, well, a, a Nomura Reign would feel fresh if only because he would feel vulnerable in a way that Kento does not feel vulnerable right now. So I, I do think just because it's been so dominated by Kento in the last, you know, f- few years that another reign, like just getting away from Kento for a while would feel interesting. And obviously we had that little period where Kento wasn't always champion, but like the belt like sort of ping pong so fast that right. I never felt like really had any kind of like, you know, stabil- stability with another champion. With the Zeus so reign? the Zeus reign, right? Like the really quick, like, yeah, yeah. The, the, there's a Suwama one, mm. uh, you know, Ishikawa bouncing back and forth, and Joe Doring and all that. So I think like a six month long, um, you know, like Nomura reign would have felt like fresh and interesting to me at least. But you know, even though he would have been defending against a lot of the same people, no, I think I think you are right in that sense. But my point is just, I don't think that that's going to fix the problem long term. I think you still, I mean, you can have, I do think that Nomura is a temporary solution in terms of getting excitement back into the promotion. But I'm just worried that six months after he's champion, we're back into the same, like, okay, who's he going to defend against? We've seen him face all these guys already this year. Um, and I just, I think they need, they need someone um, new. Or I think you're going to have to keep having these short-term, okay, let's put the title on Zeus for three months because that feels new. Um, Let's put next year, let's put no more on the top for six months. But I feel like you still have these sort of stopgap solutions, and then you go back to Kento, and it's just it's going to feel keep feeling tired. And I just think they need just someone. I mean, I don't know who that is. But I feel like I mean I think the I think the answer is they need Jake Lee to step up with Nomura yeah. and be like another option, and then they probably after that need like Yuma Ayagi to to really step up too. Which he I think that like Yuma I'm less worried about than Jake Lee. Like Jake Lee at this point it yeah. feels 
almost like a lost cause. And that maybe and that's coming from someone who really loved who loved Jake Lee at one point, but like he just hasn't done anything this year that really I found very interesting, other than like some brief flashes during the Champion Carnival. Right. Um, you can imagine like a year from now having a Nomura Aoyagi title match that feels like red hot. And you have the former tag partners. And I think you're right that if you have Lear Aoyagi, if you help elevate them along with Nomura, um, that could be a fix. But I think just like, like if they put the title on Nomura today, I think we'd be having the same discussion six months from now. And when Kento wins the carnival and takes it back and be like, okay, like that was fun, but it was getting a little tired. And now, okay, Kento has the title again. Like, oh, well, yeah. I think, I think you need, you need, you're right in the sense that you need more than one guy to be elevated. And it's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to, mul- to elevate multiple guys, but I think all Japan is in many ways, not tried. Um, uh, at least with Aoyagi, these kind of still felt like very solidly a mid-carder. And I I will throw this out there too. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people like to say, you know, these lower promotions in Pura right now would be better off if they merged. I don't know if I entirely agree. I don't really, because so many people would lose work that I don't think it's really, you know, I don't find it worthwhile to say, you know, All Japan and Noah should merge or All Japan and Russell 1 should merge. What I do think, and what I th- is they should be working closer together, mm-hmm. which isn't the same thing as merging, but, like, I think right now, All Japan and Noah, All Japan and Russell 1, you know, they would be, like, imagine if they had, like, a one-year period where they worked really close together, you know, they, they basically feuded, um, you know, they did a lot of interpromotional stuff on both promotion shows. I think that, and I think that would, like, really electrify you know, both the promotions. And it's not like that's unprecedented. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's happened in the past if you look at these companies. So, you know, that's what I would like to see. I would like to see, like, you know, a, a 2020 where, like, All Japan and NOAA, like, work really closely together and maybe, like, you know, guys hold each other's top titles or they, you know, they have, like, a long feud. I mean, that's happened in the past. So... I think that would really, you know, bring some excitement to the, you know, to both promotions. And, you know, I, I felt like we were almost there a few, like there was that time a little, a little while ago where it sounded like, you know, Oh, like Noah and big Japan and whoever's going to work close together, but it just really, it hasn't really happened. So I would like to see, you know, more, uh, more interpromotional stuff, more promotions working together, you know, especially right now when like, the Puro scene is just so dominated by New Japan. I think, you know, as far as like attendances and as far as like, you know, whatever mainstream interest there is in Japan, I think the other promotions really do need to like get better at getting on the same page and working together to, to like try to bring that excitement, um, you know, to the non New Japan Puro companies. You know, DDT is also like getting to a point where like they're not so big that you can't work with them, but they do feel like they're on a different level right now than like, you know, your all Japan's and Noah's and that like none of those companies are, I, I can picture running Saitama, you know? Right. So, and DET has that, that giant parent company ba- backing that none of these other companies really have. So I just think, you know, as far as that goes, like new Japan feels like obviously new Japan's doing great. DET feels like they're doing their own thing and they're doing pretty well at it. The other companies, I, I would like to see them work together more closely to try to bring some of that excitement back and maybe, like, you know, freshen up the main events and the undercards of these promotions. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm completely agreed with you there that I would much rather see the companies work closer together than completely like full on merge. And it felt like for a little time, uh, I want to say about a year and a half ago after the carnival when Marifuji won, um, and you had all the Noah guys like in his corner and he was holding up the Noah flag at the end of the carnival at Cork and Hall and it was like, okay, this feels like it could be something. And, um, and there was and speculation that it was speculation he could actually beat Kento for the title and then it's just nothing happened. Yeah. Um, and then we felt that way again pretty recently. I don't know if you've seen the Aoki show, but there was a big Noah contingent on that show, and we had, you know, pretty clear tension between Marafuji and Kento again. And they were teasing uh, Neo Nomura and Takashi Sugiura. And this is a conversation I've had with some people that, right, Noah. I mean, we're not going to turn this into a Noah podcast, but the N one is not drawing well. It's not drawing necessarily worse than it did last year when it was the global league but it's still not drawing well they're not going to put up a good number um in eddie and one it looks like at least based on the eddie and two number that they drew about a week ago and they really need something uh for that sumo hall show and i think the all japan involvement would be huge for noah and no involvement in all japan would be huge for all japan it just feels like if these companies could put you know the politics aside like Okay, trade Nomura beating uh, Sugiura for like Kaito beating Suam or something like this doesn't seem like it should be that complicated. And I think it would, you know, really benefit both of the companies and even companies like Russell One or Big Japan, which has been working semi closely with All Japan recently um, to just full on like, okay, we have a working relationship with you now. Um, we'll let you beat some of our guys. You'll let us beat some of your guys. You know, it'll all even out in the end, but let's not let, you know, politics get in the way of us, you know, pushing each other down for the remaining, you know, who's the number four in Japan spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it feels like right now that it feels like in a lot of ways they're fighting over scraps. And it's like you should work together and try to get more than scraps. And then, yes. you know, maybe in a couple of years you can start fighting again when you've built yourselves up again. But like, you know, right now it just feels like it's time to like take it down a notch and you know, maybe cooperate a little more. All right, let's get into the show itself here. We'll start from the top here, since it's an all-Japan show. It's very top-heavy. Uh, Kento Miyahara defeating Naoya Nomura in 27-51 with the shutdown German suplex hold, his seventh defense. Uh, obviously, I thought this was really awesome. Um, I don't think that's really a very hot take at this point, but an awesome, awesome match here. Um <laughs> You know, if I have one critique, it's that the the early part where Kento just kind of destroyed him for a long while and it was kind of slow, you know, that struggled to hold my attention a little bit. And maybe that's where I'm not going, like, you know, full five or even four and three quarters. But, like, as far as the rest of it, like, it, once, you know, it really started to pick up and they, they did a great job telling the story that Kento was just, like, one step ahead constantly, which he should be. Um and then at one point, Nomura did like a German suplex off the apron to the floor, and they managed to actually do it in a somewhat safe way, about as safe as that ever could have been. So, you know, props to them for that. And, you know, the, the other thing that highlights for me for a really strong finishing sequence is when Nomura, like, just absolutely destroyed Kento with a strike sequence and then a forearm shot while the crowd was going completely nuts. Um, so obviously that's gonna that one's going to stick in my mind for a long time. And before Kento finally put him away with the shutdown German. I went four and a half stars on this. Really awesome. Um, I put it just below like a true match of the year candidate, but 
Um, you know, obviously a really incredible match. I think you liked it even more than I did. So why don't you talk about it, Thomas? Uh, yeah, for sure. So uh, I went four and three quarters, so not quite five, but I did. I mean, it was probably my favorite Kento match this year, which is saying something. He's had eight matches at four and a half or better for me, which is just absurd. And I don't think that's even that crazy of a take. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is my favorite Kento match this year. Um, I do get the you know the sort of slow bits at the beginning of the match, but I think it paid off in really building the crowd behind Nomura by the end of the match. And you know, Kento does like to work cocky sometimes, but he still gets cheers. And here he was certainly still getting cheers, but I would say that the the big majority of Corkin was behind Nomura, probably more than any Kento challenger, including Nomura's previous challenge. Uh and then at the end of the match, right, you get into that finishing stretch, which was just absurd. Uh, and, you know, it looks like Kento's finally going to put him away uh, with the shutdown German, and you get the trope of Nomura trying to break out of it. And then, like, something that just... One image that stuck with me from this match is just Nomura just, like, just, like absolutely just fighting to get out, and then the pure, like, face of defeat on his face as Kento picks him up, and then he just bursts out and then unloads in that strike exchange. I mean, it was just... That was such a great moment, and he got the near fall. Um, luckily, I was unspoiled on it, but Corkin completely bought it. I completely bought it. Um, and by the by the reaction in this match that he got, I don't think it would have been crazy to put the title on no more. I think it would perhaps have been short-sighted, um, but I don't think it would have felt forced, really, given the reaction he was getting. Uh, and then, yeah, I do agree with you. It felt for the whole match that Kenta was a step ahead. Um, but it felt that Kenta was actually taking Nomura seriously this time as opposed to their first match, where Kenta was kind of, like, shrugging him off at times. Um, and then at the beginning of this match, you know, his former, you know, uh, protege, at the beginning, they have the clean break and, you know, Nomura just patting him. And then when Kenta gets a chance to do a clean break, he just slaps Nomura. And, like, I think it showed, uh, they told the story of, no more really being in Kento's head, but Kento's still, you know, being able to be that one step ahead. And it was great. The crowd also, also I'll mention just really added to this match. Um, they were great. And uh, yeah, four and three quarter stars for me. I think I would say the middle portion of the match was maybe a little bit slow, um, which is why I didn't go the full five. But I mean, the finishing stretch was just incredible stuff. You got to see it um, at the very least for that. Um, the no, obviously no challenger here afterwards because you know the next defense will be whoever wins the Odo tournament, provided it's not uh Kento himself. The right. semifinal for the eight all Japan world tag team titles, Zeus and Ryoji Sai defeating the violence giants of Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa in 1951. A jackhammer from Zeus to Ishikawa. Uh, the violence giants fail in their fourth defense and. Zeus and Sai become the 86 champions. Uh, this was, again, a really good match. Pretty much what you're going to get on an All Japan show. You know, if there's a World Tag title match in the semifinal, you're going to get a really good, you know, 20-minute tag team title match. Um, it started out with the Violence Giants attacking at the bell. Uh, there was a big brawl on the floor. You know, we got they went right into the the Corican signs, the east and the west sign, which I'm always, I always enjoy when they do that. Um, it ended up building to a really hot closing stretch. 
Um, there was a, well, the I say closing stretch. It was really like a ten minute closing stretch, but there was a great moment where they tied Zeus up in the ropes and then just like alternated, giving him clotheslines. That was probably my highlight. Um, and the only thing that I would take away from it, and this isn't really their fault, is it felt like the camera kind of messed up on the the Tower of Doom spot they did. Like the camera cut, mm-hmm. like almost missed it. Um, but then by the end, when Zeus won the jackhammer, um, you know, after a very electric finish. I went four and a quarter, really awesome match. And, you know, I thought this was pretty much the Zeus show. You know, he, Ryuji Sai was definitely, he wasn't bad in the match or anything like that, but Zeus, like, really going after Suwama and Ishikawa, that was, like, the main story of the match. And, you know, they did a good job here to establish um, Zeus and Sai as a new top tag team since it looks like the bodyguard has kind of, like, stepped back now. And, you know, they needed a new partner for Zeus going into the uh, World Tag Determination League or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> so there you go. Zeus and Sai become the A6 champions. You could also say that maybe this will free up Suwama and Ishikawa to win the Odo and challenge Miyahara, which could be the case, but we'll see what goes on there. Uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, it was the same as you, four and a quarter. Zeus's performance especially carried the match. Uh and I think I made a notice that's in my review, by the way, for VoicesWrestling.com. Got to plug that. Uh, that Sai only tagged in once the entire match. Um, so it was really like entirely Zeus pretty much for the, you know, the whole course of the match. Um, and it was a great, you know, like fiery underdog after being dominated. And that Tower of Doom spot, you know, it was a little bit missed by the camera, but that was like the big turning point in the match, which is what hurt it, you know, extra that the camera missed it because that was like the big turning point. Uh, with, I think it was Suwama powerbombing Ishikawa. Or no, actually, it was vice versa. But, uh, you know, and then Zeus finally taking advantage and hitting the jackhammer. Uh, so, yeah, great match, four and a quarter, way over-delivered on my expectations. Um, and so you said you were potentially thinking of it as freeing up violence giants for one of them to win uh, the Odo. I made a note with Ishikawa on the Osaka Octopus show. I was hoping maybe... We could get Ishikawa in the Dio later this year now that he has a belt off of him. Uh, but that's probably me just dreaming. But he was great in that first Dio, so I really hope he comes back. Uh, and then match number five, Yoshitatsu and Joel Redman defeating Dylan James and Gotaro Suzuki. Uh, it lasted about seven minutes and 23 seconds, and Yoshitatsu got a surprise jackknife hold pin over Dylan James. Uh, not a ton to talk about here since it's a seven and a half minute match, but I did enjoy it a lot while it lasted. I ended up going three and a quarter. What'd you think of this one? Yeah, it was three stars. Not much to say. Um, other than I was surprised that Yoshitatsu pinned James. Um, James yeah. feels like a guy they should be doing more with than, than they are, but I don't know. All right. And, and I like Joe Redman. I like yeah, James. Redman looked good. Redman and Yoshitatsu have had some nice chemistry here. Um, Maybe that'll be a team for the tag league. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a really good idea. Um, but yeah, James has been taking a lot of pins recently. I'm not sure if that's because, you know, he's maybe on his way out or if they just, you know, are cooling him down right now to maybe build him up later. But, I, you know, he's been taking a lot more pins than I would expect recently. Uh, match four, the EWA Intercontinental title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was apparently some kind of Australian title. The Tajiri defeated Francesco Akira in 1146 for his second defense. Um, there was the, the end was a little bit weird. Like it felt like the ref, 
I don't know if he botched it or if like he just counted through when he wasn't supposed to, which you know has happened in uh <laughs> in other promotions lately. <laughs> it was like a, some kind of cradle. I don't know, like the ref counts in all Japan are weird in general. It feels like it looks like the, the guy will hit a th- the, the mat a third time, but it'll only be two. And then here, like, I don't know. It felt like he kicked out right at three, but like he didn't, I guess. I don't know. It's very weird. Um but yeah, this is really good. I went three and three quarters on this. I thought this was like a really fun, uh, like really fast-paced junior-style match. Not if, if you're the type who really hates Tajiri now because you know he's all mat wrestling or whatever. Um, you know, this is like a throwback Tajiri match, basically. Um, you know, like basically where he was doing like a lot of fast-paced stuff. You know, even some springboards and stuff. Although mo- mostly he was like the base for uh, uh, this Akira dude to fly around. But yeah, I mean, he kept up with them well. I, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I went three and a half, which was shocking to me that I was that high on this. But yeah, it was my favorite Tajiri match in quite a while. Uh, Redman, or not Redman, confusing the white dudes. Uh, Akira looked great. Um, he's been someone that's been growing on me recently. I think he looked really green um, at the start of the year when he was in the Battle of Glory, uh, Junior Battle of Glory, which is their kind of best of the Super Junior style tournament. But he's gotten a lot better, and I think he was really great here. Uh, and it is a Austrian title, John. Not oh, Australian. Yeah, come on. You don't know your Austrian <laughs> wrestling titles. Come I, on. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> uh, to the the yeah. great country of Austria. Yeah, they, I mean, all Japan always has these random titles. I think there was a Hawaiian title that Yoshitatsu holds that is defended on these shows every once in a while. It's kind of weird. There's just, a the fucking title from Texas for a long yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> they just like saying there's, you know, three title matches. Like, you haven't heard uh, any of them. But yeah, this match to me, like, this is why the, the, sh- the this is like the, the highlight of the undercard other than the opener. So definitely worth watching. If you're, oh, you're looking to watch something other than the main two matches, this would be the one to watch. The one not to watch would be the Hellboy movie release commemoration, Hellboy Japan debut match. Hellboy, Jake Lee, and Koji Iwamoto defeat uh, Takao Omori, Black Minzo Ray, and Hokoto Omori uh, after a lariat by Hellboy on. Uh, I believe Hokoto Amori. Um, look, it, the best thing I can say about this, uh, they had to remove part of the barricade for Hellboy to enter ringside. That was really funny. Um, Black Menzo Ray is really fun. I always enjoy watching Mr. Snake Man. Uh, Hellboy could barely move in that fucking outfit. <laughs> so I didn't go quite as low as you guys when I went two and a quarter. That's the best Ooh. I can go on. Yeah, I kind of I kind of hated it. Um I went three quarters of a star. Um, yeah, you're gonna Hellboy- get that Joe Lane's a rant about how dare you? You don't know bad wrestling. Go watch 1992 ECW. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was this was really bad because one of the wrestlers like could not move, and he was tagged in for you know, like 60 percent of the match. Like they weren't trying to protect quote unquote Hellboy at all. Like he was in there for a lot of the match, and he could not do anything. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, this was not good. Um, sure uh, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. I'm glad they got some advertising money. I guess go sign. I hope like, they did. I yeah, hope they did. Go sign like Kohei Sato or something with that, and get rid of this Hellboy. Um, I don't know who Hellboy was. Gerard, Gerard. Uh, I think you know Gerard. Who yeah, writes for Voice of Wrestling? Gerard is next week's guest. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, he he speculated it was Hideki Sekai. Um, 
in the costume. Oh my god, that would be perfect. Yeah. He can barely move anyway. Yeah, he can already barely move, <laughs> and then he's put in this costume. I mean, look, and that would be kind of genius. It's like we have this costume. Yeah. Barely moving. Let's take a guy who can barely move anyway, <laughs> and so that way nothing is lost. Yep. So there you go. Uh, match number two: Junagama, Yuma Aoyagi, and Otomo Dragon defeating Masanabu Fuchi, Osamu Nishimura, and Akaru Sato at 9:32. Uh, Ultimo pin Fuchi with the Lamachistral. This is old guy comedy. I don't know what you want from me. Two and a quarter. Yeah, two and three quarters. I love, I love, I love my man Masafuchi. Um, never get sick of it, even if I probably should be by this point. But the crowd loves it, and you know that's big for me. So I love Chubby Junakama too. Yes, right. No, he's focusing on wrestling, John. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Yusuke Okada, Atsuki Oyagi, and Dan Tamura beat from Big Japan. Takuhu, Takuhu Kato, Yuki Ishikawa, and Akira Hiyodo in 11:24, a fisherman suplex hold by Okada on Hiyodo. Uh, this was fun, exciting, energetic action. I went three and a quarter. Uh, I went three and a half on it. Loved it. These guys have great chemistry. They've had this All Japan versus Big Japan Young Boys food uh, going on for a while. So they're kind of familiar with each other at this point. I think Kyoto especially stood out. So three and a half stars. Good opener. I would recommend it, but not like must see or anything. Uh, Big Japan's young guys are really good, and I think they're really underrated. Um, so if you haven't seen them and you're checking out the show for the main event anyway, maybe give this a watch. Uh, but yeah. And then obviously that pretty much covers the show. I would say the, you know, the, the two main events, you know, absolutely go out of your way to watch those two. Yeah. Um, the undercard, I think Tajiri, uh, the Tajiri match is worth a watch and also the opener is worth a watch too. The rest of the show you can very safely skip. Do you want to do a, a quick preview of the Oda tournament. Oh, do we have brackets yet? I kept looking. We do. I can send you a link. Oh, yeah, please do. I didn't I'll send you a link. I looked at the All Japan's. I looked at the All Japan English Twitter. I looked at Pure Love. Was it like only on the official site or something? Uh, I'm not sure. It's some. It's just some third party website that I'm on. Okay. But uh, so, I saw the graphic on Twitter. It was released like a while ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, it probably uh, got buried or something. It's in the Slack. Uh, yeah, I see it. Okay, so let's run through these. Yep. The opening round uh, will be across three shows uh, starting on September 14th, 15th, and 16th. Uh, that's what we'll be covering next week with Thomas, I think. Maybe the 18th, too. With Gerard. With Gerard. Yeah. Sorry. You're Thomas. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, so the opening round, I have to go basically by – okay. So the, September 14th, you have Naoya Nomura against Sam Adonis. Jake Lee against Suwama. That's a big match. Yeah. September 15th, you have Ryoji Sai against Shuji Ishikawa and Dylan James versus Zeus. That was that's a rematch of one that was a really, really good match in the champion carnival, yeah. if I remember correctly. And then September 16th in Cork and Hall, the big of the, the big one of the three since there's four matches. Ikamen against Yoshi Tatsu. <laughs> I'm weirdly really excited for that match. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Like, give that one to me. Uh Gianni Valletta against Taishi Takazawa. Um that's what the that's the guy from Michinoku or not it's from Michinoku, two AW now a two AW X X Kai Dojo. Yep, Yuma Aoki versus Kai. I feel like I haven't seen Kai in a while. Yeah, he's been but, hanging out in Dragon Gate, I guess. Yeah, and then Kendo Miyahara against Joe Doran. So, yep. Uh, thank you to Puro Ichiban, which I, a site I was not even familiar with. So, yeah, give me okay, real quick. I got Joe Doran to beat Kento to maybe set up a future title shot. 
and then probably Jake Lee to win the tournament to set up a second future title shot. I I agree that Jake Lee is winning this. I think people, you know, people thought he was going to win the champion carnival and trying to be wrong, but it just feels like who the fuck else is going to win this thing yeah. at this point. I mean, Nomura would have made sense if he didn't just get that title shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could see that you know Suwama and Shikawa both dropped the tag titles. You know, that could they could go with like a bore a sort of boring and safe oh choice. I just saw that we got Ishikawa and Sai in the first round after their god-awful match in the carnival. That went to a 30-minute yeah. draw in, like, <laughs> the second match on the card. At least I don't think this one will be a 30-minute draw. No, so it should go. not be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, but, yes, yeah, so that's the first round. Dylan James. Talking. I'm interested to see if Dylan James gets, you know, booted in the first round or if they actually, you know, have him win a few matches. So, yeah. But Jake Lee seems to be the favorite, I'd say. So we'll talk about that next week, uh, you know, the, the first three shows of the tournament. So there you go. All right, so let's move on now to New Japan. Uh, they had the Road to Destruction Tour this week, um, kick off this week with three straight nights at Corican Hall, uh, September 4th through September 6th, and then also today in Chiba, September 8th. Uh, the main highlight is the Young Lions Cup, so that's what we're mainly going to talk about. Uh, don't need match by match breakdowns of, you know, New Japan undercard tags, which yeah. tags, which is not the most interesting matches. Uh, we'll talk about the main events and some other highlights, maybe, and then we'll preview some of the upcoming stuff. So September fourth on Wednesday, Road Destruction, the Young Lions Cup opened with what to me at least has been the absolute highlight of the cup so far: Alice Coughlin against Yota Suji. I don't know how the fuck these two did it. But they had a amazing match here. You know, only went 10-12, and Coughlin won with the Boston Crab. But I love this match. I won four stars on it, believe it or not. So I just thought they these two, like, just beat the shit out of each other with chops and stuff like that. You know, they were really, really all up in each other's business um, to a degree that, like, no one, none of the other young lines have been so far. You know, very fiery. Um, obviously, you know, two guys who, like, really – Felt like they had something to prove. Suji was like, at one point, I think, the, way behind Uemura when it came to the progression. But he has like quietly become, uh, you know, a much better wrestler, and he's become like a very obviously like the, the, the hoss of this, uh, mm -hmm. you know, of this young lion class, the biggest dude. But he's really learned how to like put his size to good use here, and you know, he looked great in this match. Alex Coughlin looked great in this match. You know, I feel like obviously. Um, Carl Fredericks gets more hype, but Coughlin was just awesome here. So yeah, four stars in a Young Lion match. You can at me all you want if you want to, <laughs> but I thought this was great. Yeah, I think Coughlin uh, looked really good here. I don't think he was on the G1 cards. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of them, but he definitely wasn't in any of the undercard matches that I saw with the LA Dojo guys. Um, and he looked great here. I still think Suji is behind Yumura. Um, so I will dissent there. Very slightly, very slightly. I think it used to the gap was humongous before. Right. I think it's. I think now it's like, you know, more like a, a small gap. Okay, I think that's fair. I only went three and a quarter. Um, but yeah, fun little opener. I uh, really enjoyed it. And then Clark Connors and Shota Umino. Uh, again, I, I really enjoyed this one as well. Only went under seven minutes, which is you know makes it a little bit harder to read the highs of the previous match. But I still thought it was a great match. I went three and a half stars. Uh, you know, Umino looked great. Connors looked great. And this was the best night of the Young Lions Cup so far. 
yeah, I went three and a half stars on it as well. I was kind of shocked that Connors got the win. I think he did a spear into the Boston Crab. Um, Connors looks good. I think Fredericks is getting a lot of the hype out of the LA Dojo, but I really like Connors. Um, and yeah, it's three and a half on this. Real good stuff. Uh, the rest of the card, not a ton to talk about. You can just mention um, the big, the big like angle was during the there was a six man tag with Ishii. Yoshihashi and Rocky Romero against G.O.D. and Jado. Uh, after Yoshihashi tapped out Jado, uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi like grabbed the IWGP tag titles and said they wanted the shot. So they they had already had a non-title match scheduled with um, G.O.D. on the Destruction and Beppu show on 9:15. I thought maybe when that match was originally announced that they were going to beat G.O.D. in a non-title match to set up a title match for. You know, maybe Fighting Spirit Unleashed, the U.S. Tour, or King of Pro Wrestling or something. But instead, that was changed to a title match. So the title shot will happen in Beppu. Um, this made more sense than I thought at first because, like, I was like, why are Ishii and Yoshihashi suddenly just, like, all up in G.O.D.'s business? But, like, I totally forgot until after this match that, like, G.O.D. cost Ishii the never title in that mess with Kenta at Royal Quest. So it mm. actually made complete sense. Yeah. So there you go. So they, they're moving right to uh, the Ishii and Yoshihashi tag title challenge. Yoshihashi is there because he too exists. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Yoshihashi. You got to have some hard. I mean, look, I I wish they would make a bigger deal of the fact that like Yoshihashi has never held a title ever. Is that you know, true? It's been like, Not yes, it's been seven, oh my god, seven and a half <laughs> years. He came back to New Japan. I tweeted this out, and people got like, people got very angry at me for joking about it because people really have strong feelings about Yoshihashi. But look, I'm not even, you know, I was making fun of the guy a little bit, but also I was also like, basically making fun of Gato. Like, can you throw this guy a bone? <laughs> I mean, fucking thirty. Not, how much of the roster do you think is held those fucking never six man? Yeah. Fucking Matt Seidel held the never <laughs> six man titles, and David Finley. And, like, look, you know, before Matt Sandow got lost in Hawaii, he held the titles. David Finley held the titles. Um, I'm trying to think, like, that's be even more absurd people. Um, you know, like, some really absurd people have held these titles. Has, has Toa Hinari held the Never Six Man titles? Not yet, I no. I don't think he has. But, like, look, some really absurd people have held those Never Six Man titles. Yoshihashi never has. So, like, well, let's, like, get him a belt here. The, the IWGP tag titles – don't matter either. So like, there's no yeah. reason why they can't he can't win that title at least. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope for Yoshihashi. He's finally gonna get his due. Uh, but yeah, that was the big development here. Uh, the main event was Okada and Hiroki Goto against Sonata and Shingo. Uh, you know, Sonata and the pinning Goto with the the bridging O'Connor roll. You know, a three and a half star main event. You know, definitely a good match, but not something I feel like you need to like. Yeah. Really go out of your way to watch. So three and a quarter for me. Are we not going to talk about the the Dookie screw job on this show? Oh, uh, don't, don't look. Don't we're we're going to pronounce Dookie's name correctly on this show? Okay? okay, leave that leave that to Joe. Okay, Dookie. Uh, Dookie deserves respect, and I'm going to give him the proper respect. Okay, but yes, Dookie did get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> like he had his foot right on the bottom rope during the the schoolboy by Taguchi, and the ref just counted three anyway. So that was uh, during Tanahashi, Taguchi, and. Punky 3K against Saber Scroll, Kanemaru, and Doki. Uh, uh, Yoshitatsu held these never six man titles. 
Yoshita, yes, of course he did. I was actually, I, I forgot I was there for that because um, I had treated that like I hope the, I hope the Never Six Win titles are on the line during Fighting Spirit Unleashed because that's the last New Japan title I've never seen defended before. And, uh, you know, uh, someone on Twitter, I think it was Matt, Matt McClure, I can never forget if it's McClure or McEwen. He's going to get mad at me if he listens to this. Let me see. <laughs> Uh, he's a former Voice of Wrestling contributor, so I should remember his life. Matt McEwen, there you go. Um, he basically tweeted at me, like, not only, you know, did you see them live, you saw them t- change hands mm. at that show with me uh, on the same, like, Alan Farrell trip in uh, 2016, where, you know, he and, you know, we saw Yoshitatsu, uh, Tanahashi, and, oh, God, Elgin? Elgin. Yes. Yeah. Defeat. Um, the the team of the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to win the Never Six Man titles on that show. So yes, Yoshitatsu has been a Never Six Man champion, and Yoshihashi is not. So. How about this? Yujiro Takahashi held the titles for three days back in 2016. That one doesn't surprise me for some reason. <laughs> if that's the kind of thing they would do. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But yes, so let's get let's get Yoshitatsu Yoshi, Yoshihashi <laughs> a belt. Second best wrestler in the world with Yoshi yeah. in the name. Um, also, the the uh, 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 trend on all these shows is the the Naito and Jay White feud. I do need to just like say, talk in general about it because it's a very fun feud. Because like you basically have a man who lives to troll, like that's all Jay White exists to do is basically troll people and he does it very effectively against everybody else but now he's up against a man who is like physically incapable of being trolled like no one has ever trolled to see a night someone tried to be a smart ass and apply to me like gato has trolled him like no gato has trolled naito fans naito never looks very upset at all he's trolled gato naito fans with uh his lack of heavyweight title reign but Naito and Jay White is a man who lives to troll against a man who is physically incapable uh, incapable of being trolled, and it's very entertaining. Just watching Jay White do everything with his power, and like Jay White will like you know sometimes just laugh with Naito, and then all of a sudden will just fly off the fucking handle and like be very angry about the fact that he just cannot troll this man. So it is very entertaining to watch this feud play out, and I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, you know, it's it's also like weirdly horny. I have to say, like, like the, the last show, especially like when Jay White was Jay White was tossing Naito into the barricade, like face first, and Naito was smiling about it. And then White goes backstage and is like, "Oh, you like pain, huh?" And just like this is this is weird and like we're, there's a like weird horniness to it, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> um, night two, the road destruction at Corken Hall, September fifth. Uh, we had Michael Richards, not Kramer. Uh, defeating Yuya Uyamura in 847 with a Boston Crab in our first Young Lions Cup match. Um, here's the thing. The, this match was the weakest so far of the Young Lions Cup match. I went two and three quarters on it. Uh, Richards definitely looks the greenest of any of these Young Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, his he has a good, like, heel look. You know, he has, like, this, like, you know, he looks like a, a, a like kind of yeah. like a scummy, yeah. a scummy white guy, I guess. You know the the bald head helps, I think, too. But like he just his his selling is really really corny. Um, his facials you know, are people, awful. His facials are really awful. <laughs> um, you know, you, you were tried here, but just 
yeah, Richards is like very green. It's very obvious. Yeah, this is like his first match, so I won't get too hard on him. I was two and three quarters as well. I think Yumura looked great. I love Yumura's presence and everything. I think he's, you know, you know, uh, Umino and Narita get a lot of the hype. Um, but I think Yumura is slowly creeping up behind them too. Uh, then we had Red Narita and Carl Fredericks. Um, Narita won in 706 with the Narita special number three. I found this a bit disappointing. I mean, they only won seven minutes. That might be why, but I, I had higher expectations for this. I only mm. won three stars on it. Yeah, I went three and a quarter on it. I think Fredericks especially looked great. Uh, but yeah, not much more to say. The main event of the show was Naito and evil defeating bad luck folly and jay white uh naito pinned folly with the destino in 1610 again kind of shows how far folly has fallen because he usually isn't going to get in past years he would not be getting pinned clean with a finisher in a in a main event of a core game like this you know in a tag match so um you know i, I thought this was actually pretty good considering it was a match with, with folly in it uh i went three and a half on it again so nothing you need to like again nothing you need to go out of your way to see but again, a, a good match. Yeah, it was three and a quarter, which was surprising to me. Um, yeah, I think the story of the Naito White feud is actually over delivered as compared to what I thought. Um, also, shout out to the uh, the multi man tag of uh, Tenzan Umino and Suji versus uh, Coughlin, Connors, and Kojima from the show. Thought that was a really good display, uh, especially for Coughlin. Um, who's really impressed me on this tour after I hadn't really seen much of him. So just wanted to give that match a little shout. The final of the three Corrigans, which is Road of Destruction, September 6th on Friday. Uh, we started out with Alex Coughlin defeating Michael Richards in 613 uh, with a bridging Indian deathlock. You know, I went three and a quarter on this. You know, it was I thought it was uh, pretty solid for what it was. And Richards, you know, still very corny, but like, looked a little better than he did the previous day to me. Yeah, three flat for me. Kind of can occur. Coughlin, you know, I think he looks good. The second one was Carl Fredericks over Clark Clark Connors. uh, And Fredericks won in 706 with the half Boston Crab. Um, Again, not not like a blowaway match, but still a pretty good one that I ended up going three and a quarter on. Three and a quarter as well for me. I think Connors actually looked better than Fredericks here. Yeah. Um, so I know Fredericks has kind of been the, the hype train uh, after a lot of those G1 tags, but I know the people uh, on the flagship were hyping. But I think Connors actually looked uh, the better of the two here. I mean, Fredericks has that star look that you can tell. Yeah, oh, he has the look for sure. But um, The semi-main here, no, not semi-main, third from the top, match number six. This was my favorite of the undercard tags the entire weekend. It was, only, it, it was a six-man tag. Oh. With Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi beating Okada, Goto, and Romero. Uh, Shingo pitting Romero in 11:35 made in Japan. I just thought this was a really, really fun six-man sprint. You know, only going 11 and a half minutes. They really, you know, just they didn't they didn't have a lot of time to kill, so they just kind of went all out right from the start. And you know, I thought this was a really, really fun match. I went three and three quarters on it. So if you're looking for something to check out other than the Young Lions Cup matches and the main events, uh, this would be my recommendation. Yeah, it was actually the same. I went three and three quarters on it. My favorite uh, undercard match of the three Corkins. Uh, yeah, looked great. Lij uh, and Chaos. I mean, they wrestle a thousand times, but the chemistry is terrific. Um, Rocky hasn't been in a lot of those matches, so that kind of provided a little bit of a uniqueness factor. Uh, so yeah, three and three quarters it was really good stuff. 
and you know, obviously the, the pair he really works well at Bushi as far even though yeah. apparently he hates him. Yes. Like they, they really work really they work really well together. So that was a good pair off along with obviously Sonata and Okada and Shingo and Goto. Uh, the main event here was I thought the weakest of the three main events. I only went three and a quarter. Uh, it was Zach and Suzuki beating Tanahashi and Taguchi and Zach pinned Taguchi in fourteen forty seven with the Zach driver. The bigger story to me is uh, Suzuki attacking Liger before the match on commentary, just like dragged him off a of commentary, put him in the ring, gave him the uh, God style power driver on a chair. So it looks like that feud is back on. Uh, we'll see where that, where that match ends up happening. Um, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I actually disagree. I think this was my favorite of the three main events. Uh, I went three and three quarters on it. Really good stuff. Uh, Suzuki and Taguchi, I think had really good chemistry on all three shows, but especially here. I'm um, just, I mean, maybe not chemistry isn't the right word, but Suzuki just kind of destroying Taguchi. And it was the fun contrast of the serious Suzuki, uh, Suzuki against, you know, Taguchi's kind of, you know, comedy sort of uh, character. And I thought it played out really well. And I always enjoy Zach and Thomas chemistry, even if I know that's maybe not a popular take. Um, I think they're really, they work really well together. Uh, so, yeah. And then today's uh, Road to Destruction Tour in the, the Blue Justice show, from Chiba. First of all, I have to mention it was a packed house. I mean, it looked really packed on on uh, on New Japan World, and the attendance was uh, twenty one forty nine. So a lot of people turning out to see uh, the New Japan Dads against uh, the Bullet Club in the main event. I haven't seen the rest of the show yet. I am going to watch it, but I, we did w- decide to watch the the Young Lions Cup matches just to get that uh, to complete all the Young Lions Cup matches that have aired so far. So. The opener was Yota Suji over Yuya Uemura. Um, I thought this was a, a good, solid match with Suji winning at 850 of the Boston Crab. Uh, the announcers went really wild when Suji turned like a Boston Crab attempt into a Giants throw. They really loved that, so I wanted to make mention of that. And Suji, you know, I went three and a quarter. Good match, and, you know, Suji and Uemura both looked good here, I thought. Yeah, these two are kind of uh, – these are the perennial rivals, so – they have really great chemistry with each other. I also went three and a quarter. Suji looked good here. Um, I've been low on him in the past, but I do think he actually looked really good here. I'll say this was one of the better Young Lions Cup matches so far. Three and a quarter for me. And then Umino beat Red Narita in 909 with the Bridge in German. Um, you know, it was a weird finish where it looked like Narita kicked out right after three. So I don't know if that was another of the 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 uh, many cut, you know box three counts as we've seen it's lately. Cool. Yeah. But like this was good though. Uh I went three and a half on it. Yeah. You know, obviously they both both these guys work really well together and the only complaint maybe is I would like to see them get more time if anything. Yeah, definitely left me wanting more. They had great chemistry, three and a half. And I still think Umino's uh my favorite of all of the young lines, um LA or Japan. Uh, I think Naruto is still my favorite, honestly, but uh we'll I guess we'll it's see. Close between those two for me. All right, so let's look ahead to what's to come okay. um, on this Destruction Tour. There's three big shows, starting out with the smallest of three by far, Destruction and Beppu, which is a week from today, Sunday, September 15th. Mm. Uh, the main event is the British heavyweight title, Hiroshi Tanahashi defending against Zack Sabre Jr., uh, their fifth meeting of the year, so obviously they've had a lot of matches this year. Um, I know some people are sick of it. I'm, I can't say I'm there yet. I really do enjoy yeah, all their matches. Enjoy so, I haven't seen the Royal Quest match yet, so we'll see. 
Um, I really I like that one a lot. I gave it four stars. So okay. you know, I know some people didn't didn't really care for it. Um, the question here is obviously doing the rematch so fast. Is Saber just going to win the belt right back, or is Tanahashi going to retain and move on to maybe like a big match against Royal Osprey or someone? What do you think? Uh, I think Tana retains, and that Osprey match has been heavily uh, heavily speculated on, uh, but I think it's likely to happen. See, I I keep going back and forth. I feel like they could be doing a quick shadow change right back to Zach, but like I don't think that doing this match so quick necessarily means they're definitely doing that because they also just need a fucking main event for Beppu. And it's like, what else are they gonna ha- they're going to book? Cause you're not doing a heavyweight title match on this tour. Um, you can't do a never match because the never champion is, you know, occupied with uh, the, the, the challenge of Ibushi. So I just think that that doesn't, that's not really a spoiler to me. The fact they're doing the quick, the quick match right away. I think they just need a match. So I'm going to say Tanahashi retains as well. And they're going to move on to Tanahashi Osprey. The semifinal, the IWGP tie team title match, uh, GOD against Ishii and Yoshihashi. Um, I could see a change here. I think it's more possible than people are giving it credit yeah. for because, first of all, the tag titles do not matter. So a, a title thing <laughs> is always possible in any match. But second of all, GOD's had these belts longer than you probably think. They've had them all the way since. Uh, maybe the last uh, on a rising tour back in uh, back in February. So these belts have been on them for a long time. Um, you know, Ishii and Yoshihashi, you know, I mean, Ishii, I think, needs something to do. Yoshihashi always needs something to do. And it would at least give you a fresh champion team heading into the World Tag League this year. So I could see a title change here. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it. What the hell? I'm going to say Ishii and Yoshihashi win the belts. So there you go. Yeah, uh, I really have no read on this match, if I'm being honest. I guess I'll, uh, you know, actually, I'll, I'll pick uh, Ishii and Hashi as well, just because, uh, you know, that's what I want to happen, because that maybe get me a little bit more interested in the tag team scene. All Japan just did, uh, you know, two partners uh, kind of pushed together, winning the titles from the uh, historic champions. So let's say uh, New Japan does as well. Um, after that, you really just have a bunch of undercard tags. Uh, get a, uh on opposite sides. Yeah. Is, you know, notable. Uh, so there's Liger and Punky 3K against Suzuki, Kanemaru, and Doki. I have a rematch of the match we said was the best from the Korkins with Okada, Goto, and Romero against Sonata, Shingo, and Bushi. I have Naito and Evil against Jay White and Chase Owen to start from the top. And your two young Lions Cup matches are Yota Suji against Carl Fredericks and Shota Umino against Alex Coughlin. Uh, the, the following night is destruction in Kagoshima on Monday, September 16th, which features hometown boy Kota Ibushi defending his G1 Climax contract against Kenta, the never openly champion. Obviously, I would say there's no chance Kenta is going to win this one here. Yeah, uh, no shot. Um, but I think the match should be good. I really like their match in Dallas. Uh, I did, too. did you like it too? Yeah, it should be. I hope even in the main event slot here, maybe we can even get you know a better match than that. So I'm excited for it. Um, the obviously afterwards, I think Evil will come out here to challenge Bushi, mm-hmm. maybe for King of Pro Wrestling. I could see them doing that. I mean, they usually do do a um, you know a contract match at King of Pro Wrestling, and then you would have a setup where Okada is defending the title against Sonata, and Ibushi is defending the contract against Evil. So you could do Okada Ibushi against the non-evil leading up to it, maybe 
as one of the Fighting Spirit Unleashed main events. So Yeah, I think that's more uh, likely than not. The semifinal, you have Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles challenging El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Tag Team titles. Uh, this is an interesting one because they're really pushing that Osprey Eagles tag team as Birds of Prey. Um, but this does feel like Osprey's swan song in the junior division to me. Um, they could win this though, because you know, you could have you could set up new champions heading into the power struggle junior tag league, where I think they will be a team, and then you know, maybe have them drop the belts right after that, um, before Ibushi maybe tra- or before I mean Osprey transitioned into the heavyweight division. Uh, but ultimately, I'm going to pick ELP and Ishimori to retain. But I think, uh, again, I think Osprey and Eagles winning is more likely than people are giving it credit. Yeah, I think I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I probably will not watch this match. It does not really interest me at all. Um, Birds of Prey. I think that's kind of a kind of a shitty team name. <laughs> WB fucking show, right? It wasn't like a show in WB about like <laughs> yes. yes. What is it? Because weren't people making fun of Eagles that his names were like ripoffs of Osprey, and now they're like leaning into that, like, oh yeah, they're both uh, birds, and they both like to kill people. Was it like the aerial assassin and then like the Fight the guys? Yeah, so they're really leaning into that. Their, their next partner, I guess, can be like I don't know the. Uh, the contract killer of the heavens or, or <laughs> the bounty hunter of, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, that, that other than that, again, we have Naito evil and Jay white Takahashi. Takahashi. It's up there from the top. Uh, the same go. If you're, if you really like that, Okada, Goto, Omero, <laughs> Shingo, Shingo, Bushi match, you're getting it again. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then Liger and Suzuki on the same different sides again. And then the, the two young Lions Cup matches here are you Murray against Clark Connors and Ren Narita against Michael Richards. So not quite as exciting, but and then the destruction tour. Oh, sorry, are you gonna say something? No, 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 you're good. Okay. Destruction tour wraps up on September twenty second in Kobe, uh, a week a week after the show from Beppu, with the obviously the biggest match of the tour, Tetsuya Naito defending the IWGP Intercontinental title against Jay White. Um, first of all, like I said earlier, the feud is a, a lot more fun than I would have expected before it started. So that has to be hyped up for this. I didn't love their G1 match. I only ended up going three and three quarters on it, but mm-hmm. I think they can have a better match here. So we'll see what, you know, in a main event, you know, not that that wasn't a main event too, but maybe, you know, I, th- I think they can build on that and have a better match. Um, the winner is really interesting to me. First of all, if Jay White wins this, um, if again, I'm speaking as a Naito fan to my fellow Naito fans. Let's not have a freak out because first of all, it's the it's the fucking white belt, you know. So it's not that big of a deal anyway. But second of all, I don't think it means the end of Naito. Like if Jay White wins this, I think it's to set up Naito on like a redemption arc where he he lost to this guy twice in a row. He has to come back and maybe earn a title shot at Power Struggle somehow maybe by winning some kind of number of contendership match and then like you know january 4th he challenges jay white wins the belt back and goes to the main event on january 5th as a title for title match so you know i so again if jay white wins this i don't think naito is going to be in the fucking rambo in other words like i don't i don't think that's the end of the story i mean they're building this up so much as like the double title thing and jay white trying to steal his desk you know that like i don't think that's he's just going to lose the title and that'll be it now 
I thought that when they announced that, that was the most likely scenario. Thinking about this, I think it's possible Nitro retains here too, because I think they could. Here, here's why. Here's what I'm going to lay out. Mm-hmm. King of Pro Wrestling is coming up on October 14th, and uh, somewhat, somewhat surprisingly, John Moxley is defending the U.S. title against Juice Robinson there. Now, I thought originally that was going to be the Tokyo Dome match because we know Moxley is signed through Wrestle Kingdom. Like that's that came out in some Sports Illustrated article or something. So if Moxie is losing the title to Juice Robinson at King of Pro Wrestling, that would imply to me he has a different match for Wrestle Kingdom. And remember, he beat Naito in the G1. So that, you know, that still to me was leading, is going to lead to something. So the scenario I think is going to happen now is Naito retains against Jay White, which takes Jay White out of the equation of the IC heavyweight double title thing. Um you know, and he's been talking that up too, but I think it's just to build this match and say he's going to steal Naito's destino because we all know that's what Naito is going towards at the Tokyo Dome. So Naito retains against Jay White here, and then, uh, Ju- you know, Moxley loses the U.S. title to uh, Juice Robinson. And instead of Naito White for the IC on 1 4, it's going to be Naito Moxley for the Intercontinental on 4, with the winner moving on to uh, 1 5 against the winner of Okada Ibushi. And Ju- meanwhile, Jay White will challenge Juice Robinson for the U.S. title at Wrestle Kingdom. That's my that's my prediction right now. I could change my mind on that, and I could definitely see White winning. And that's one of the reasons why I'm you know I'm excited for this match. Where I, I legitimately think it, go, it could go either way. But as of right this moment, that's how that's what I'm feeling is going to happen. You really just like completely flipped my opinion on this match. I was like a a really laid out fantasy booking, but I thought it was. I think it's. Well, I thought before you started talking that it was like a lock that Jay White was winning, but you convinced me now. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's really well laid out. I think you get White and Moxley maybe on King of Pro Rest or on Power Struggle maybe as a number one contendership match for the IC title, uh, and then you have Naito and Mox on one four. I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. You've convinced me, John. Uh, so yeah, if I'm wrong, no, I'm blaming you. No one can see me put my fist up in celebration. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the semifinal, Hiroki Goto and Shingo Takagi in a special singles match. Uh, obviously very hyped for this. If they had a great match yeah. in G1. Um, I think Goto probably gets his win back, but it won't surprise me to see Shingo just beat him either. I would laugh so hard if Shingo just beat him again. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Okada and Rapungi 3K against Sonata, Evil, and Bushi. So at least you finally get Got a different height match for Okada Sonata. <laughs> um, the other big thing on this show, I guess, is well, really nothing actually. We still have more Suzuki Liger build up, and then the Young Lions Cup will have uh, Shota Umino and Carl Fredericks, and which is a big match, and Ren Narita and Clark Connors. So, I, be- I believe those are the last block matches. I want to say where is where is the finals? I, it might just be a block uh, tournament. Oh, um, interesting. With no finals, I'm not sure though, but obviously it's coming down to these four. I think most people could have predicted that before the cards were announced, but even more so now that these are the four guys on the last night. Um, I guess you could do the finals at King of Pro Wrestling, maybe. Yeah, you could. Or is that so? The Fighting Spirit Unleashed shows, those are all East Coast, right? Yeah, okay. I was gonna say if they had a show like in LA, don't they have an East Coast show coming up? Yeah, November. Oh, it's in November, okay. Uh, and so then after Destruction, obviously we have Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which 
uh, is Friday, September 27th in Lowell, Saturday the 28th in Hammer, at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, and Sunday the 29th in the 2300 Arena in, in uh, Philly, the mm-hmm. former ECW Arena. I'm going to two of those shows in New York and Philly, so I'm excited. Um, but we don't have any cards yet or any idea what's going to be on, that, on those shows. And after that, we have a New Japan, a short New Japan road tour, including a Corican on October 7th, which is interesting. They don't normally do a throw, a free King of Pro Wrestling Corican. And then we have King of Pro Wrestling on the 14th, where we have a few matches announced already. Uh, Okada Sonata for the IWGP Heavyweight title. Safe to say, Sonata not going to win the title. Yep. <laughs> the U.S. Heavyweight title, John Moxley and Juice Robinson. I just laid out that I believe Juice probably – he probably will win this. Uh, maybe yeah. he loses and they, and they do a third one at the Tokyo Dome, but I think he probably wins here. Yeah, There's no DQ as well. Oh, it's no DQ. Nice. Uh, yeah, I think Juice gets the tiebreaker win here and wins the title. Yeah. And then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title, Will Ospreay defending against El Fantasmo, the Super J-Cup 2019 winner. Every single fucking time I go to say Super J Cop, I almost say Super J Cast. Yeah. So. <laughs> Every single time. Um, Osprey and Phantasmo, interesting match. Not one I'm very excited for, but I think Phantasmo is winning this. And I'm going to tell you why. It feels like to me he's being built up to be the big heel that Hiromo Takahashi is going to vanquish in his return, maybe at the Tokyo Dome. Because, um, you know, he, he wins the Super J Cup. It just doesn't make any sense for him to lose to Osprey here after he wins the J-Cup. And Osprey obviously, is going to move on to the heavyweight division. So I think Fantasmo cheats his ass off, low blows Osprey, wins the title, and then maybe Hiromu makes his triumphant return finally, and we get we start building Hiromu and Fantasmo for the Tokyo Dome. God, that would be so great. Uh, yeah, Fantasmo kind of has go-away heat with me at this point. Oh, he definitely does for me, too. <laughs> I think that this, these, this match in the Best of Super Juniors was good. I want to say I liked it, but... I don't know. I'll probably watch it. Um, hopefully, it's good. I hope Harumbo comes back. But yeah, Osprey. I think Osprey's going to lose, um, especially working under the assumption that they're doing Osprey Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome, which is what I think they'll do. Well, what about Tanahashi Jericho? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. There's two nights. <laughs> and like I said, maybe we'll get Ibushi and Evil for the contract yeah, here. That seems likely. And maybe the Young yeah. Lion Cup final, if that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. yeah. So pretty stacked here for wrestling. So looking forward to that. Yeah. All right. So there's your new Japan talk. Let's move on to Tokyo Joshi and DDT, which will be our last subject for um, for the week here. We'll do an, we'll do them in the order that they took place, which means we'll start with Tokyo Joshi, which was the Mountain Top 2019. I will not lose to anyone uh, at Osaka Idiot Arena number two. Only drew 417 fans, which you'd have to consider at least a little disappointing, but, but um, look, here's the thing about no one outside, no one really out of the new Japan can draw out of Osaka as we're seeing with, uh, with Noah and all Japan and lots of other companies, you know, Dragon Gate does okay. And that's really about it. So, you know, Osaka, not a hot market for anyone in the new Japan right now. Um, the opener was Mirai Mayaumi defeating Suzume with a Lariat in 528. Very solid opener. And I think both show they have great potential given how new they are here. Yeah, this is kind of really over delivered on my expectations. I went uh, like two and three quarters or so. Uh, both showed uh, a lot of fire, and I'm excited uh, to see them progress here in Tokyo Joshi. Uh, the second match was Himawari 
uh, Unagi and Yumi defeating Palm Harajuku and Mahiro Kiryu when Unagi submitted Harajuku with the big Fuhen hold in 904. Uh, this was, again, a fun little tag. I... I watched this like right after All Out, and you know the day a day later, and I'm fairly certain I saw more like holds and mat wrestling in these two Tokyo Joshi undercard matches featuring the rookie talent. I did in the entire fucking All Out show. Just want to make note of that because it, it annoys me that there's like so little actual wrestling on these on the IAW shows. But and I want to say I, this. I, was... I guess I'm an elitist, according to Joe. <laughs> yes, you are the. <laughs> elitist yeah unagi was really over here uh i think it was her hometown i read um so yeah really fun tag match uh love me some palm harajuku so um this also is a good time to bring up the amazing i don't know if you saw this or not the amazing episode of the night which happened which is like the dt um slash tokyo joshi like uh, variety show that takes place (laughs) um, you know every week and look, here's the thing about this show. Basically, the theme here was the the Tokyo Joshi Pro Academic Ability Test, yeah. <laughs> um, where they had on what was re- described as the reverse Mount Rushmore of academic ability of Tokyo Joshi. Um, so that featured it featured Miyu Yamashita, Mizuki, Natsumaki, and Miyu Watanabe, who'd be the reverse Mount Rushmore. Then Rika Tatsumi, who's like in between, and then Mahiro, who's in this match, who's like the the academic queen, apparently. So I'm just going to read through the entire DT English update. Uh, <laughs> right here, because it's amazing. So shout out to at DT Pro underscore ENG for giving us amazing content. So it begins with the test results from the subject of Japanese. Dino notes the top score. The top score is Mahiro with an 80%. And that's when he replies, wait, how? There weren't 80 questions. <laughs> so already off to a legendary start. Uh, Mahiro got the top score in the first three categories, including a, a Japanese science and English, with a whopping 94% in science. And then the absolute highlight of this, Miyu Watanabe got in, was asked to name 12 months of the year in English and got all 12 months wrong. So I'm just going to read these all 12 months. They're all amazing. So the, the first month of the year is called June, J-U-N. The second month is Jurai, J-U-R-A-I. The third month of the year is May. So there you go. She knew one of them was May, but she thought it was a third month. The fourth month is Spring, E-R-I-N-G. <laughs> the fifth month is Mate, M-A-T-E. going on May 1st, I guess. Uh, the, second, the sixth month is Send. And like, I, I can kind of understand where she was going with some of these months, but what the fuck is Send? Send. <laughs> Uh, the seventh month is Nana. So she just writes uh, seven in Japanese, Nana. Eighth month is the eighth month is Eto. The ninth, <laughs> ninth month is Takbar, T O C B A. That's October. The tenth uh, month is Akotoba. Yeah. <laughs> the eleventh month is Desenbar, D E Y S E N B A R. And finally, the twelfth month is. M A R R I Y. I guess it's like Mary. <laughs> like Mary Christmas. Yeah. So. Oh, it's so great. Miyuk said, I I knew Akutobar because that's from my birthday. <laughs> and month four is the coming of spring. Uh, Dino was like the last subject of social studies. He, he was like the teacher. And the top score was by Mahiro Street for the Grand Slam. 
And Mahiro's just like, by now I sort of figured. Um, and then the absolute highlight, what is the smallest prefecture in Japan? There's a question about Japan. And Maki, I assume she gave this answer because she had no idea and decided to be funny. She says the Dominican Republic. So the smallest prefecture in Japan is the Dominican Republic. Um, then they ask Lincoln famous speech. Yes. Based- in the blank of the people by the people for the people. Natsumi Maki says of me by my speech for a better Japan. Rika Rika Tatsumi answers of America by America for America. And you know just deadpans that would be Trump. So there you go. Um, and in the final rankings, Mahiro obviously wins. Uh, Rika gets 235 points out of 400. Miyu gets 97. Mizuki gets 69. Nice. Miyu gets 64, and Natsumi gets an amazing 44 points out of 400. <laughs> Almost 10%. 10%. Uh, and then as a result, she's been awarded the MBQ title, the Musabatsu, which is an open weight, Baka Queen. So in the course of two weeks, she goes from no belts to a double champion. And there you go. Her faces are great. Where like she she gets like the two OKs and in, in the last picture Miyu Watanabe who was the old Baka champion is like pointing at her like ha ha I am no longer the dumbest right here so or not Miyu Watanabe I'm sorry Miyu Yamashita yeah. after yeah, yeah. she's pointing at her like I am no longer the dumbest one here so there you go uh, <laughs> it's just an amazing it's an amazing thread thank you so much to DT English Update for sharing it with us okay. So match number three, the uh, Miyu Yamashita, speaking of her, and Miyu Watanabe defeating Gisele Shaw and Yuki Kamisu. You said Gisele? Uh, what, sorry, Giselle? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I, I did the same thing last week. Yeah, too. yeah, I remember because Taylor yeah. had to kick it, but really, Gisele? <laughs> it's okay. That's sort of how it would be in Japanese, I think. So uh, you know, Actually, that might be true. My brain is like so broken. Okay, yeah. Giselle Shaw and Yuki Kamifuku. We'll give you a pass. Yamashita pins Kamifuku with the attitude adjustment in 1208. Um, there was a point in this where Kamiyu is so flexible. She was able to basically like repeatedly hide her own leg from Miyu Watanabe to prevent her from getting a Boston Crab. Like She just kept like bending it backwards to keep her from doing it. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So, you know, it's very rare to see something you've never seen before in wrestling these days. Um, and then there was like a German by Giselle to Mia, which like looked brutal. And she like really dropped her. And then Mia at one point, like just tried to kick her head in the front row. And this is where I was just like, this absolutely rules. Um, and this broke down to like absolute chaos. So all four, all four of them just kicking each other's asses at the same time. And then Miyu finally hit Kamiyu with the Death Valley driver or the attitude adjustment for the pin. I went four stars. I thought this was this match, again, to compare to All Out, was better than anything on All Out except for maybe Jericho and Paige. So this is fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, would also be my number two match on All Out. Um, <laughs> I went three and three quarters on it. I think Shaw looked really good here. Uh, I wasn't a yeah, huge... She looked awesome the yeah. entire tour. Yeah. Um, I think she looked great at the Corkin as well. Um, and I didn't have super high expectations for her, but she looked great. Um, just kind of throwing everyone around. And uh, her and Yuki had great chemistry, and I'd like to see them team again in the future. Um, three and three quarters for me. So not quite to the to the four flat, but it's whatever. Yeah, but it's a quarter star. Who cares? Yeah. It's great. Yuna Manase, Nodoka Tenma, and Yuki Aino defeated Natsumaki, Hikari Noah, and Raku. 
Uh, Manasse pinned Maki with a lariat, so the Tabaka Queen, you know, <laughs> suffers double humiliation here. Uh, this one, 10-13. Um, there was, like, a great exchange where, like, Maki, like, tried a crucifix hold on Yuna, but Yuna was, like, just too big. And she, like, like hoists her up on her shoulders and just, like, throws her down and then tries to hit a high kick that Maki blocked with both hands and, like, almost like a samurai block where, like, she just held the leg in between her hands. It was such a great little moment. And then Yuna, like, takes her head off with a lariat. Um, and then Yuna ends up pinning Maki with another lariat. So I went three and a half on this. Again, a really good match. And, you know, I hope this means we're getting I, – I wrote down on Twitter, I hope this meant we're getting a singles match for the title, yeah. the Maki Hells International Princess title. And we are. So yep. that's mm -hmm. right there. So there you go. Yeah, three and three quarters for me. I was really high on it. I really enjoyed the chemistry between everyone. Um, it kind of broke down a little bit, but I enjoyed that. You know, it kind of worked for me. Uh, and, yeah, I'm really excited for the Manasse Maki title match. Uh, they look like they had really great chemistry here. I'm excited for Manasse to get, you know, some more serious action. Then we had Sue Young defeating Maki Ito with the panic switch in 10-11. Uh, Maki Ito was very frightened by Sue Young, as you'd expect, but she tried to, like, basically – she tried to do like the post, like post through it, basically, like the equivalent of like, you know, just pretend she wasn't frightened, but she definitely was frightened. Um, but then Sue, so at one point Sue did like the apron spitting power slam, which has looked brutal, and then did like a sent down to the floor with Ito in a chair. Um, the two of them just were like screaming. The one of the funniest parts of the entire show, where the two of them just screamed at each other's faces until the ref finally just yelled them to shut up, and then and then he fell on his ass from getting screamed at by both. Which is really cool. Um, and then the main, so overall, uh, three and three quarters. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I went three and a half on it. I'm not completely sold on Sue Young still in ring at least, but uh, I enjoy the character and the contrast with the Makita was really great here, as you would expect. Um, <laughs> like when they ganged up on the ref. Uh, yeah, three and a half stars it was really fun. Makita, as you'd expect, is taking a lot of pins. Um, I, I hope at some point they build her up for a title uh, title win. But she doesn't need it. That was the thing. Right. That's the thing is that she doesn't need it, but I just, it would make me feel good because <laughs> I love her so much. But yeah, three and a half stars. Uh, Semi-final, Saki-sama, Misao, and Martha with Yukio St. Laurent. I can't pronounce French, everybody. Sorry, don't ask me to. They defeated Yuka Sakazaki, Rika Tatsumi, and Antonio Honda. <laughs> Misao and Tatsumi with the Varit. Uh, Vanitas in fifteen sixteen. This fucking ruled. Yes. Okay. So yes. Okay. First of all, how many maids get streamers thrown for them? <laughs> Not that many, right? <laughs> you have to think. Um, and then, look, you've never seen a woman be as proud to do anything as Yuka Sakazaki was to apply an arm ringer to a mop, which she did during this match when because Martha was armed with a mop and she like gave the mop an arm ringer. It was and she was so happy with herself for doing this. Um and then Saki Sama and Rika Tatsumi they, they tagged in at one point and still had amazing chemistry. Um if people don't remember that was like a long feud, you know, in some of I don't know if it was 2015 or 2016. It was a, it was a while ago at this point, maybe even 2017. But like it was during a period where Tokyo Joshi was nowhere near as good as it is now. And like those matches were like always be the highlights of the sh of the shows. So, so um, you know, I definitely recommend going back and checking it out if you ever have the time. Um, and then, like, <laughs> so Honda, you know, does this thing where he gets 
he trips and falls over. And he actually like sang the opening of Stone Cold's theme to describe that his knee shattered like Stone Cold's the glass shattering. He went like dun, 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 which was really funny. Um, but yeah, so Honda like he got syringed by Yukio by Yukio at one point and like got really fired up by it into the the Hogan ear cup to all four sides of the ring. And then immediately tagged out to Yuka instead of actually doing anything, which is <laughs> funny. So um, and then we had like a lightsaber duel with Martha's mop against Yuka, uh, commandeering Misao's rose stick, which was great. And then in the middle of all this amazing comedy, Rika and Misao just decided to tag in and yes. tag her. Yes. Like, they look so good together, too. Yeah. And then, absurd. And then uh, we had uh, Hamtaro instead of, uh, what's it called? Instead of uh, Gone the Fox, and he killed everybody. Uh, but yeah, this was really amazing. A mix of truly hilarious comedy, some great in-ring action. I went four stars. You have to watch this fucking match. You know what? I wrote down three and three quarters, but just listening to you recap it, I'm bumping it up to four stars because that match was, just thinking about that match, uh, such a good, you know, they had the comedy, but there was also like a fucking incredible match going on in the ring yeah. at the same time. Uh, it was so good. I mean, yeah. I love this. I love, I love, uh, I love Saki-sama. I love the whole crew. And, you know, Antonio Honda was great in here, too. Really good. Um, the main Masao, event, Masao got the pin, right? Which will, uh, Masao got the pin, yeah. which will pay off later. Yes. The Princess of Princess title, uh, Shoko Nakajima defeating Mizuki with the Diving Senton in 1644. Um, I thought this was this was uh, not quite as good as I was hoping. I went three and three quarters. But it was still, you know, obviously that's still a great match. Mm-hmm. And it was a great back and forth battle. It never dragged. Um, you know, definitely, you know, worthwhile. And I'm glad I wasn't spoiled because I thought Mizuki had a real chance to pull it out, but unfortunately she didn't. So her second defense for Shoko. And then after the match, uh, Misao came out to, um, you know, make the challenge. So that was, that's like you said, that paid off right away. So overall, really great show. What do you think of the main event? Three and three quarters for me as well. I've been a little bit low on Tokyo Joshi this year, but this show was, you know, this was a really great show. I think it was, it was def- awesome. definitely better than the Corkin, and I really liked well, the Corkin too. Yes, the Corkin was like not one of the greatest Corkins. It was ever a good done, show. Still a good show. This and was this like was like a, a great level, show. Yeah. This was a level above. This was a great show. Look, if you put this in the big weekend from last weekend, I still have not watched Fake Over. But if you could, I would put this above Royal Quest and above all that. So. I mean, I have to. Yeah. This was better than either one. So they, don't I say mean, I still have not watched Fake Over. You're not watching Fake Over, John. No, I've never watched Fake Over. <laughs> um, then we move on to our final show here, uh, DET Osaka Octopus from the same day, uh, later that night in the same arena. It drew 678 fans. So again, not the best draw there. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, just it's really it's a struggle for DDT and uh. Now, you know. we were talking about this a few days ago. Like, the old Osaka octopuses in Eddie and One drew, like, 2,300-plus. Do we think that's legit? Do you think that's partially papered? I think it's pa- either papered or just, like, right. just f- flat-out lied about because yeah. they used to inflate the crowd. So, right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, they're down from what they were doing, but I'm surpri- I wouldn't surprise them not really that down. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the show because overall – I mean, this, I think, was one of the weaker DDT big shows of the past few years. I mean, maybe the worst I can remember. No, I didn't think it was I didn't think it was a bad show. I just thought it was kind of lifeless, which I guess yeah. you could say oh, was... Oh, oh, oh. 
So like I'm saying, I, I don't think it was awful. Right, yeah. But, like, but DDT's standard is so high Yeah, me, of course. Like, it just can't, like, this is, this was a, a step below even, like, the lower tier of Corrigan's, I thought. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like, like you said, lifeless and not very interesting. So let's go over it. Uh, it opened up with Cody Hall, Antonio Honda, and Yashi Arano defeating Yukio Sakaguchi, Mizuki Watase, and Yukio Naya. Hall pinned Watase with the Thunder Buster in 10-15. I thought Cody looked fine here. He looked, he, I, uh, he looked good, actually. Yeah. Um, they protected him pretty well. The fans were more into him than I thought they'd be. So, yeah, three and a quarter, pretty fun match. I went three and a half. Um, I guess Hall's sticking around since he got the pin here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Iron Man Battle Royal. This is like the highlight of the show. I think. This was honestly my favorite uh, match of the show. Yeah, mine too. So it started out with uh, um, the first. It looks like Oscar Puma King and Oscar. Mm-hmm. Not a match up you see every day. Um, they had a <laughs> really fun minute or so of like flippy action, and then Saki Akai came in, and she and Oscar just kicked each other in the face for a while, yep. which was great. Yep. Uh, Hirata got to go through his whole dance routine because everybody was fighting on the floor, but then they all came in and kicked his ass. So that was funny. Um, and then we had Yumi against Matt Pauly. I'm fighting Yumi because now we have a Yumi and a Yumi, which is confusing. Yeah. Um, but you, everybody helped Yumi pin Puma King. <laughs> you know, I guess <laughs> you had the Yumi and Mad Pauly face off. Yes, that was great. <laughs> um, and then here to basically here to save Yumi from taking the Vader bomb from Mad Pauly, which is probably the nicest thing here has ever done. <laughs> but then, of course, he immediately turned on him and pinned him. So. Because he's still here at that. And then uh, Saki and Asuka kind of messed up the final pin, which, you know, I, you have to take a little bit off for. But this was still a lot of fun. Uh, I went three and three quarters. I enjoyed it. I went three and a half. Really good match. Um, and Puma King still had the title at the end. So, yeah. So Asuka got the last pin on Saki, but right. then here to Asuka. And then, <laughs> yeah. Here to, so. Love love the Iron Man title. Uh, match number three. I'm, do you have an AID of these two people? I cannot, I cannot tell you. There's another, it's Daisuke Masaoka, I want to say, that's in Freedoms that I thought it was at first, but it's not. It's June Masaoka, who I did not so recognize I, at all. They, so they don't have cage match profiles or anything. I can't, like, I Googling them didn't really help either. I assume they're, like, local Osaka Pro guys or something, but because Osaka Pro never makes tape, like, the only way you know them is if, you know... Like you're, you were like a, a, I guess a wrestling fan, you know. From, oh, actually, maybe he's Dove. Yep, Co- uh, yep, Dove Pro. I'm looking at it yeah, right now. They were they teamed together oh, on Dove Pro, Dove Pro, uh, July seventh. That makes sense because that's yep. that's, uh, you know, that they're in that general area. So there you go. Yeah. We we solved the mystery. Jun Masuroka and Kohei Kinoshita are Dove Pro guys. Uh, they faced Hiroshima and Mao here. And Hiroshima pinned Kinoshita with the Samato in 1050. Uh, it was just a match for a while, but it had a fun closing stretch at least. I would go like th- two and three quarters. I went three and a quarter. Pretty good match. Uh, the Def Pro guys looked all right. Uh, yeah. Mike Bailey. I miss Mike Bailey. He hasn't been in DET for a little while, I think, since yeah. uh, Peter Pan or so. Then we had Denshoku Dino and Maku Donato. Against Akito and Shuma Katsumata, which oh. ended in no contest in 14. <laughs> um, look, I mean, this was awesome. uh, no contest was the only way that could have ended, really. I don't really have a ton of thoughts on it. It was just, it was a thing. Don't watch this match. <laughs> match number five, the 040 title, the recycling death match. 
Shinsiro Takagi defeated Ken Oka with the Himawari bomb onto a plastic case in 1240 for his first defense. Um, I will say this match was maybe my biggest disappointment. Yep. Yeah. And maybe maybe just because I, you know, I have I, I love both guys. Um, you know, when they announced it was a you know, weapon rumble at first, I was very into it, but it, it was a weapon rumble with a weird theme where it had to be stuff they were recycling from the um old from the, from the office, which I feel like almost like really limited the comedy. It just wasn't really as funny as a lot of the weapon rumbles are. The only thing that really made me laugh was the when they brought back the gold and silver bear traps from uh the Sasadango Ikemen match a couple of years ago. That was pretty funny. But, um, you know, there, there's also the T sign from the DDT neon sign, yep. which I just noted was more over than half the WWE roster. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was just kind of nothing for most of the way. More just like look at these funny past references yeah. without really doing anything interesting it, with them. It was just uh, a nostalgia trip to the past weapon rumbles, really. That's pretty much yeah. all it was. It was really disappointing because I was looking forward to it. But, you know, I went two and a half. Yeah, I went. Two and three quarters. Damnation versus Disaster Box, Suji Ishikawa and Tetsuya Endo defeating Yuki Ueno and Naomi Yoshimura. Uh, Ishikawa pinned Yoshimura the Fire Thunder in 1708. Um, again, this went through a long stretch where it was just there, but once Ishikawa and Yoshimura like started their big boy battle, it really picked up in a hurry. So I went three and a half by the end. Nothing I would say like is essential, and you know, again, probably disappointing for what it could have been on paper, but. A good match. Yeah, it was three and a half as well. Um, this is the second DDT match Ishikawa's worked in the span of a month after he took like six months off. So I would, that was notable to me. Um, bring Ishikawa back for the DL, please. Please. <laughs> and then we have the KOD tag team titles. Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao defeating Jiro and Higuchi. When Sasaki submitted Jiro with the crossover face lock in 1722. Um, you know, this again, just a little disappointing to me. I only went three and a quarter. It was good, but nothing special. The highlight was probably Sasaki sticking what I what I guess turned out to be batteries, but I couldn't tell on the feed in uh, Higuchi's match and drop kicking them. So yeah, there was some good there was some good stuff in this match, but it, it felt really start and stop to me. Um, so yeah, three and a half stars for me. Um, Jiro and DDT has been like uh, kind of a regular recently. Um, and he's got that big Corkin main event coming up again after he main event the last one as well. So maybe he's sticking around for a little bit. We'll see. There was rumors that he was leaving for the Fed recently, but maybe not. He's also in the All Japan Royal Road Tournament, so who knows with him. And then afterwards, Akito came out to challenge and also introduced – he revealed his partner is going to be TV star Yuki Ino because <laughs> he's been away on a rugby TV show apparently with some kind of J-drama. So he'll be back teaming up with Akito as the next tag title challengers. Uh, so that'll be coming up. The main event, the KOD Openweight title, Konosuke Takashida defeating Shinya Aoyoki by TKO with the Walls of Takashida. Walls of Takashida. 16, 1645, his second defense. Um, you know, again, I, I will be another, a grapple elitist. And <laughs> I really like all the unique grappling here, especially the stuff with like one guy on the outside of the ring, like grappling a guy on the apron. That was really cool. Um, I thought it was three and three quarters. I thought it was the rare main event that needed another five minutes to reach like an excellent level. I thought they, they had more in them even than what they did here, but I still really liked it. I wouldn't say it saved the show because, you know, the undercard just wasn't interesting, but it definitely made the show more worthwhile. Yeah, I was three and a half on it. It definitely needed more time, I think. 
Um, I feel that a lot with Aoki matches. I really like him, but his matches go short for me more often than not. Um, but it was cool. Takashita wrestled without shoes here, um, which was a nice little touch for the, you know, sort of grappling heavy match. Uh, three and a half stars, definitely on the lower end um, of the big Takashita singles matches this year for me, disappointingly. So then the post match, we had some big news. Um, yes. So we were, he was basically Takashita was told that the next KOD open weight title defense will be Sumo Hall on the November 3rd for the DT Ultimate Party Show. So Takashita came up with the idea to do a double title match. We're going to beat New Japan to the punch probably by two months here because it looks like New Japan is going to do their double title thing at Russell Kingdom. So they do this sometimes where they almost troll New Japan. I mean, you saw that with the uh, over 40 title. The over 40 title. You saw that with the, uh, you know, the, what's it called? The Time's Up thing that turned out to be. Yes. People thought it was Chris Brooks. They did their own Time's Up for Chris Brooks. So. (laughs) We're going to do a main event here for both belts, the KOD Openweight title and the DET Extreme title. Uh, it'll be the Takachita against the winner of the next Corkin main event, which is Jiro defending against Hiroshima and Tetsuya Endo in a three-way match. So we'll see what happens there. I think Endo is going to win that, and we'll do Takashita Endo again. And the double, the double title thing will be an interesting twist on it. But, you know, it could be. It won't surprise me if it's Hiroshima. The only one that would surprise me is Jiro. Yeah. Double uh, champion oh. Tetsuya before New Japan. <laughs> I know, that would be really funny. We have two double champion Tetsuyas happening in two months. Yeah. Uh, so let's see some upcoming stuff here for DDT and Tokyo Joshi. Um, I'm scrolling through. Tokyo Joshi has uh, two days yeah, at uh, KFC Hall. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's not on this thing. Go ahead. Do you have the cards in front of you? Yeah. Uh, right, so they've go. got their two days at Tokyo Ryogoku KFC Hall, the first of which is on 9-15. Uh, do you want me to just run down the whole card? Uh, give us some main matches. All right, so we've got Rika Tatsumi against Suzumi, uh, Miyu Yamashita against uh, another one of the rookies. I forget how to pronounce her name. It's Mirai Mayumi. Is that right? Mirai Mayumi. Yeah, I think that. I think so. Yeah, so you got the two rookies facing the more experienced talent. Um, Miyu Watanabe against Hikari Noah, which should be really good. Oh yeah. Uh, Saki-sama against Yuki Kamafuki, Kamafuku. And then the main event for the Princess Princess title, Shoku Nakajima against uh, Masao. I mean, that could be really good. Um, yeah. But also, I'm excited for Saki-sama against Yuki because it's like yeah. they had a brief period where like Yuki was a you know a, like studying under Saki-sama. So, and then what's yeah. the other? What's the, the second card is on nine sixteen from the same arena, uh, Maki Ito against Yumi, uh, and then the main event, it's for the International Princess title, Natsumi Maki against Yuna Manase. Another uh, one that should be really good. Yeah. Uh, and then we have DDT, who's going to top 2019, the end of the month from Cork and Hall, September 29th. As mentioned, the main event is Jiro, Hiroshima, and Endo in a three-way match for the Extreme title, which is now also a match where the, uh, the winner will move on to face Takashida in the main event at Sumo Hall on November 3rd. The semi-main, as mentioned, the KOD tag titles, Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao against Akito and Yuki Ino. The third from the top, Shinshiro Takagi defends the over-40 title against gorgeous Matsuno. He's like, Matsuno is getting ready for the over-50 category in the Best Body Japan Grand Prix. <laughs> so his bodybuilding career is what's got him motivated here. He wants to be the over-40 champion. Uh, we also have a special single match, non-title, Takashita and Asuka, that is going to be awesome. I'm really excited yes. for that. So Takashita and Asuka, cannot wait for that. 
We have a four-way tag match, Cody Hall and Honda, Makoto Oishi and Yuki Naya, Yuki Onaya, Mad Polly and Shimatani, and Yuki Ueno and Naomi Oshimura. Uh, we have Masahiro Takanashi and Mao against Shuma Katsumata and Mizuki Watase. And the opener is Dan Shokudino, Yukio Sakaguchi, and Gota Ahashi against Toru Washi, Kazuki Hirata, and Hiroshi Yamato. So really cool card here. Great corking card. Yeah, some stuff I'm really looking forward to. So we'll we're all you know, we'll all get ready to see who's gonna top. Which I love when they say that. Who's gonna top? One of my favorite name announcements. What about DDT? What are you doing? That's that's the best one. What are you doing? Twenty (laughs) nineteen. Okay. DDT has so, a show. Wait, DDT has a show from KFC Hall called uh, Rio Goku Colonel Sanders 2019. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Lovely. So, because I'm an idiot and forgot to tweet out the call for questions until two hours before showtime, we only have a couple questions, but let's get to them. At Rich Eyed uh, Ward SMS, a former guest actually, do you see Kento getting to 11 defenses to pass Kawada's record? Which would take him up to the champion carnival next year, and if so, who do you have him beat to get there? What do you think, Thomas? Uh, yeah, I think that seems very likely the direction that they're going. Uh, you can have him break the record at their big Yokohama Bunka show in February, uh, and then go into the carnival and drop uh, the title after the carnival, most likely to Nomura, who finally gets his big carnival win. Uh, who he beats to break the title, I'm not sure. Uh, Maybe you could do uh, Junakiyama, one last title challenge. Um, probably grasping at straws there, but that could always draw a big number. You know, building the last Akiyama title challenge, I don't think they've done that yet. Um, otherwise, it'll probably be like Suwama or somebody that, you know, Kento has a long history with. Uh, then we have Crazy Sports Dude at the Real CSD. There are 18 <laughs> champions in WWE. How many champions can you name? Okay, so this is a really fun challenge for me because I have not watched World Wrestling Entertainment since, like, maybe at least May, maybe June. All right. I, I, mean, I haven't watched any of the pay-per-views. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown or anything, NXT, nothing. So I want to try this challenge. Can, do you have a list of champions in front of you? You can tell me. Like, oh, no, I'll, 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 I'll see how many I can get after you go, and we'll see. Who's going to fucking check? Well, I'll check afterwards. Okay. So, all right, you're gonna write them down, and then okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so write them down at least, and then we'll yeah. say. All right, um, because I don't know if I can name these all. I I think I might be enough of a nerd to still at least listen to podcasts and stuff to figure them all out, but we'll say. And I'm not Universal- I'm not trying to help you at all because I don't know how many I would get. Universal Champion Seth Rollins, WWE right. Champion, I believe, is still Kofi Kingston. Okay. Uh, the Intercontinental Champion, I think, is Shinsuke. I have no clue. <laughs> the U.S. Champion, oh god, um, who the fuck is the United States Champion? I just someone just yelled at me up on Twitter for not knowing this. I think like I know. I think it's I think it's AJ Styles. I was gonna Maybe. say Ricochet. Oh, they did I have a feud. I forget who won though. Uh, so I think it's AJ Styles. Oh, actually, I think you're right. Okay, so I'm just trying to figure out what, what fucking titles they have is, is a problem. Two, two tag titles. Three tag titles, okay. actually. The Raw tag titles. Oh, my God. I'm going to guess. Actually, I think oh, I God, it's, it's Seth and yep, fucking Braun Strowman. Seth and fucking Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The SmackDown tag titles. Oh, God. 
Is the it? Revival? Is it? I thought it was like Rowan and Daniel Bryan or something. I'm gonna guess the Revival. So we'll okay. put you can put down Rowan and Bryan. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess that's all the main roster titles. Right? Oh, the women's title. The raw, the raw women's title. This I know. I think raw women's title is Becky Lynch. SmackDown women's title is uh, Bailey. I believe oh, that's, that's right. I would not have gotten that. And then the tag titles are uh, the tag titles are Alexa and uh, God, that fucking lady, Nikki Cross. Uh, is that it? Nikki Cross. Thank yeah, you. There we go. Uh, so Alexa, Nikki Cross, the NXT champion is oh fuck, is it Adam oh, Cole? Fuck. Is it Gargano? Yes, it's Adam, Adam Cole. It's Cole, right? I did not watch the last takeover. I could not do it again. <laughs> NXT tag champions. Oh I have no idea who the actual Actually, I think I know who they are. Go ahead. Who are they? I have no say, idea. I'm going to say it's Undisputed Era just because they've been held in those titles for like two years. Got to be them. But what's two people? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Red Dragon. I'll say Red Dragon. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. I mean, the NXT UK champion is Walter. Yeah. Um, The NXT UK tag champions, you, you, could, fucking, <laughs> you could put them in the fucking lineup. <laughs> I will not. I cannot put them on. I have no idea who the NXT UK tag champions are. Uh, the NXT UK women's champion, I think, is Kaylee Ray. I think she just won the title. I would have said Tony Storm, but I have no clue. I think she, just she just beat Tony Storm. Okay, then maybe that's it. Um, I don't. I've lost. How many champions is that? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh my god, there's still five left. Okay, North there's American the, title. North American title. The NXT North American title. I guess that's still Velveteen Dream, right? Yeah. I guess. I okay. So. How the fuck are there still four more champions? Okay. NXT Women's is that? That's probably oh, Baszler, okay. right? That's Tatiana Baszler. Okay. Yeah. There's still Tru- Cruiserweight Drew Gulak. Fuck if I know. Um. I say Drew Gulak. Okay, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Twenty-four-seven title. That's a title. No uh, clue. That's probably like fucking. Uh, that's probably our truth. That seems like our truth. Yeah, we'll write that down. What the fuck is the last what? title? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, maybe maybe he miscounted. I don't know. I could not tell you if there's another title. Um, uh, oh, it was the NXT UK tag. We didn't make a guess for that. Oh, okay. I, I said I have no idea. All right, is that uh, really mustache mount? No, uh, like I don't. I don't know. Okay, so I'm gonna look at the list of WWE champions. I'll put a question mark. <laughs> okay. No, not listed for a list of current title hold. Okay, let's see. Okay, let's see how many we got. All right, the universe champion is Seth Rollins. The Raw Women's Champion is Becky Lynch. The U.S. Champion is AJ. The Raw Tag Champions are Braun and Seth. Okay, SmackDown. Yes, we got all these two. Oh, the New Day of the SmackDown Tag okay. Champions. We got that one wrong. Kofi's WWE Champion. Bailey is Women's Champion. And Shinsuke's IC Champion. We got all those right. The Cruiserweight Champion is indeed Drew Gulak. Oh, nice. The NXT Champion is Adam Cole. The North American champion is Valentine Dream. The women's champion is Shayna Baszler. And you got Undisputed Era. I really had no fucking clue. Well, I wouldn't have gotten so, a couple of the other ones. I wouldn't have gotten Shinsuke. It was Fish and Kyle, and Kyle, and Kyle O'Reilly. The UK champion is... Um, so Walter. I'm, Walter, yeah, yeah, I think we got that one. The women's champion is Kaylee Ray. Okay, I wouldn't the UK tag champions are Flash, Morgan, Webster, and Mark Andrews. <laughs> Didn't you watch fucking Takeover? Yeah. They won the main yeah, event. I watched the main event because oh, people were okay. wrecking the main event. I was not, I'm not watching the NXT UK tag title fucking four-way or whatever it was with six guys I've never seen before. Oh, my yeah. God. Let me look at Flash, Morgan, Webster. I have no idea who that, who that is. 
He sounds like a fucking Google this guy. He looks like the most. Oh my god. Like they, if that's not gonna help your fucking accusation of being a fake brand. That is the fakest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. Mark okay. Andrews. Mark Andrews I've at least heard of because yeah. he was in he was in Dragon Gate at one point, I think. Yeah. Uh, the 24-7 champion is indeed our truth. Oh, my God. And the women's tag champions are Alex, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So I guess together we got 16 out of 18. 16 out of 18? That's not bad. Yeah. The only two we got wrong were the UK tag champions and the SmackDown tag champions. So well, there you go. We all know NXT UK does not exist. It is something <laughs> that Bill Lanza makes up to fill content on the Patreon. Yes. Um, this is confirmed. The NXT tag titles, like, I never, you could have, like, shot me in the face and I would have got that one. NXT. Like, say, pull the trigger. I maybe I would have guessed on the speed era, but, like, I really had no fucking idea. So, there you go. All right, folks. With that, I guess we can wrap this up. Thank you to that that guy, whoever that guy is, because Mr. Crazy Sports, too, because that was a friend of mine, yeah. That was entertaining. So, uh, with that note, that seems like a good time to note, by the way, we're not going to be doing a WWE. Your interview Okase this year because I just have not watched it, so I can't fucking like it, it would be like two hours of me sitting there while everybody else talks and going like, yeah. "Yep, uh-huh. that sounds true." Okay. <laughs> I guess that's technically true. Red I Dragon, Red Dragon. <laughs> Who is Flash Morgan Webster? <laughs> All right, uh, go ahead and give me some plugs, Thomas. Uh, all right, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Rastlin Ratings. Um, I still tweet sometimes. That's cool. Um, yeah. I write stuff for Voices of Wrestling. Um, whatever interests me at the time, maybe I'll write something about the N1 if it's good, if it's not good. Have you watched any of the N1? I haven't seen the N1 yet. No. I have not watched any of it yet. It's something about it, like half of it not making tape, kind of kills my drive to watch any of it. Yeah, I'll probably watch the final. Yeah, the final will be good. I love me some uh, Keno. Hopefully he makes the final. But yeah, um, I'm sure I'll be back on the show sometime, and uh, we'll see if we can name the 18 WWE 18 titles in one company. I can't get How the fuck do you have 18 titles? <laughs> like, who on earth gives a fuck who the fucking United States champion is? Oh like, my so, God. Remember that guy tweeted? Who, who, who That fucking dipshit. Uh, the anti-crack account. He oh, tweeted yeah. out, Naito should go have an NXT run, and then he can go U.S. champion. Like, yeah, <laughs> the world is waiting to see the fucking Tetsuya Naito championship on the pre-show for pay-per-views. <laughs> The only reason why I knew AJ Styles U.S. champion was because I made fun of that guy's tweet and then said, I legitimately have no idea who the U.S. champion is. And a bunch of people replied and said, believe it or not, it's AJ Styles. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But I legitimately had no clue. So uh, I'm just lucky he hasn't lost it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Very prestigious WWE United States. Yes, yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Okay. So with that said, of course, we'll be back next week. You can always follow us on Twitter at WrestleOmakase. Wrestling would not fit. Next week, number episode number 111, uh, I mentioned earlier Gerard from Voice of Wrestling would be our, our returning guest. Uh, you know, he's a big All Japan fan, so we're going to talk about the uh, September 14th, 15th, and 16th Odo tournament shows. Uh, we're also going to talk about New Japan's Destruction in Befu and Kagoshima shows. Um, since we have to wait a little bit extra time for that show to be on a Monday, we're not, we're, you know, it'll be a little bit longer wait next time. We're going to be recording Tuesday, September 17th. So you have to, like a nine-day wait for the next episode. So uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, that's how it worked out with the 
the show schedule. But until then, folks, thank you as always for listening, and we will see you next time.